0: Hey, thanks so much for checking out uh, today's podcast. Today I'm talking to Jim Quick. Now, if you know that name, you know that uh, his story is absolutely fantastic and his insights are nothing shy of genius. This is a young boy uh, or a young man who, when he was five years old, had a a traumatic brain injury injury and spent the next 15, 16 years being known as the boy with a broken brain. Well, could you imagine being told that at five years old, you got a broken brain and it took you three or four years to learn to read where all your peers had already had it down. And this guy has transformed himself from a broken brain to someone that movie stars, politicians, entrepreneurs, people come to him and they say, Jim, how can I improve my memory? Like Jim can do seminars and memorize a hundred people's names in the room. And in this interview, he tells you how. He's also the guy that if you want to speed read, you want to absorb more content, you want to learn faster, you want to retain that information and be able to pull it out in a moment's notice, which by the way, makes you a fascinating individual to spend time with and a much more attractive salesperson and sales leader. So, I'm super pumped. If you've never been exposed to this guy, you are in for an absolute treat. Uh, we went full form. We literally said to each other, hey, how, how much time? 45 minutes to an hour. And I think we finished at two hours. So buckle up, listen in, digest it in your own time. And welcome to my interview with Jim Quick. Hey, hey, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful, so pumped, Rich is out of his mind, just so you know, over here. Like, Rich is like, Rich is awesome. we're getting Jim Quick in the office on the podcast. So, for the for the few people out there that don't have contacts for you, um, would you take a minute and just kind of like, who is Jim Quick?
1: Yeah, Jim. Jim is. Uh, it's Jim is really grateful to be here. First of all, oh, I love that. Um, Thank your, you. Your incredible team. I love your energy, not only your vitality but your presence. you. Know, you. I respect not only what you do but the manner you do it. Um. Jim is uh, a former struggling student, and who is will work his his butt off to be your brain coach. Yeah, literally for everyone listening. I, um, you know, it's interesting when people see me live on stage, and I know um, it's familiar ground for you. I, I do this de- these demonstrations. Mm-hmm. I just posted one on Instagram today, where I, I'll memorize like a room full of people's names, yes. or, or the audience will give me. Some daunting list of words, 100 100 words, 100 numbers, and I'll memorize them forwards and backwards. But I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I Mm -hmm. really do this to express to you what's possible. Because the truth is, like many people share, is that this is available to all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the challenges we weren't taught. Yes. You know, we weren't taught how to remember names, how to read faster, how to have better focus, how to think more clearly, how to uh, solve problems. You know, school was a great place to learn. As you know what to learn but not necessarily how to learn exactly and i think if there's if there's a skill to really get good at in the 21st century it's our ability to learn faster because the world is changing so fast but the reason why i know it's available for all of us is because i grew up with learning difficulties at the age of five i had an accident in kindergarten writing class a really bad fall yeah and i had a traumatic brain injury and i was never the same my family said Mm -hmm. i um I was put in special classes. Uh, teachers would repeat themselves four or five times. Yeah. You know, I would pretend to understand, but I didn't really understand anything. Yeah. I had poor focus. My mind was everywhere. I had trouble remembering things. It um, it took me an extra three years to learn how to read, you know, which is really traumatic as a kid. When you're, you remember those circles back in school, those reading circles where you'd pass around a book and you have to read out loud. Yeah. Every time that book got closer and closer and closer, I was just like, Palms are sweaty, it stressing. Is. I mean, that's sort like yeah. it was like. Most, I think actually, that's where a lot of pub, fear of public speaking comes from. Those reading circles. Sure, I mean, think about it. No one was really great at it, but no. we learned early on that mm-hmm. you know we're vulnerable, and um, when all eyes are on you. So I would, when the book came to me, I would actually just look at it, and it would, I would just stare at it. It feels like you know eternity, and I would just pass the book on because I didn't. Those words didn't mean anything. Um, at the age of nine, I remember in class the teacher pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, that's the boy with a broken brain. And, um, you know, talk about negative thoughts. You know, parents have to be, adults, any adult, has to be very careful with their external words because they become a child's internal words. So I know uh, we've talked about this this negative chatter we have and the critic we have inside of our mind. Uh, You know, we were not born, you know, with those things inside there. We're a blank slate, but it got imprinted on me. And I remember, how it manifested was, um, every time I did badly on a quiz or a test, which was all the time, every time I wasn't picked for sports, which was all the time, it would be, I would say it's because I have the broken brain that became my inner dialogue. Um, but when I got became, when I turned 18, um, I wanted to make a fresh start. I was a freshman in college and I wanted to show the world, show myself that I could really do it make my parents proud they had, um, they had immigrated here, you know that you know that story. We didn't speak the language. We live in the back of a laundromat. Didn't have them. Didn't have the money. Didn't have the education. Didn't have any kind of resources or or anything like that. Or know anybody. But um, so I want to make him proud, and uh, I did worse. And I was ready to quit school because I didn't even have the money to be in school. And I thought there was just something wrong with me. And uh, when I was ready to quit, a friend's like, "Hey, I'm going home this weekend to see my family. Why don't you come with and get some perspective?" And this word perspective, when we're talking yeah. about accelerated learning, I know yeah. we're going to talk about how to have focus and remember names and, and, and uh, you know, master your day. It's um, perspective. It helps have a different point of view when you change people, when you change place. Um, and so I go and the family is pretty well off. Mm-hmm. Um, father walks me around his property before dinner and asks me a simple question. And uh, that's another thing. Perspective the power of questions. And he asked me a question, um, which was the worst question you could ask me at the time. He says, Jim, how's school? Which is like, you know, it. I just start bawling because yeah. I have so much pent up pressure. And I tell my whole broken brain story and how I was going to quit school and disappoint my parents and um, I was really lost. And he's like, Jim, well, why are you in school? Another question, right? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What would you like to share? And honestly, um, I didn't have an I didn't have an answer because no one's ever asked me that question before. Sure. And it's interesting in our life when we ask a new question, we get new answers. And I I go to answer him, and he pauses, and he reaches in the back, back pocket, and he takes out a notebook, and he takes out a couple of sheets, tears them out, and makes me write down my answer. And another principle of success is just writing these things down, right? Writing down our dreams and our goals. And I've never done that before. And when I'm done, I fold up the sheets to put in my pocket, and he grabs them out of my hands, and I'm freaking out because i wasn't expecting him to see i mean these are intimate things i've never even thought of myself sure. or shared with anybody and he's reading my my darkest dreamest, deepest dreams you know mm-hmm. everything you know and when i say darks but like hidden you know these yeah, are things the I've, I've never shared right? with exactly. anybody and um when he's done he looks at me he's like jim you are this close to everything on that list and he spreads his index fingers about eight inches maybe a foot apart and I'm like, there's no way. Give me 10 lifetimes. I'm not going to crack that list. Yeah. And then you'd appreciate this, Tom. He goes like this. He puts his fingers <laughs> to the sides of my, my head, <laughs> meaning what's in between is really the, the bridge oh or the key. And he takes me into a room of his home that I've never seen before. You would love it. It's uh, ceiling to floor, wall to wall, covered in books. Yeah. Like I've never seen a library in somebody's house before. Yes. And keep in mind, I'm, I've never finished a book cover to cover. I'm phobic of like... Yeah. It's, it's like walking through from a room. An, yeah.
0: I mean, from an early day. Of right. Course, exactly. Right? I was traumatized. Yes, yes. And
1: like a lot of us we're we're struggling. You know, we don't know why we're struggling in certain ways, why we don't make the calls or we procrastinate or we self-sabotage. But for me, um, you know, it's like walking into a room full of snakes because I'm so scared of like, sure And he starts well, what makes it worse. He starts going to the shelves and starts grabbing these snakes and handing them to me. <laughs> And I'm looking at these titles and you'd appreciate these. This is biographies of some incredible men and women in history, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot um, what we're talking before this interview, you know, a lot of that generate, a lot lot of that real, like the golden era of um, like the Napoleon Hill and Dale Carnegie and Norman Vincent Peale. Right. And, um, and so I was, uh, he says, Jim, I want you to read uh, one book a week. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How's that, have you not listened? Like I'm fighting for yeah. my story. Don't you know I
0: have a broken exactly. brain? Right? Exactly, like,
1: and I always tell people, because people come to me all the time, they're like, Jim, I have a horrible memory, or Jim, I'm getting too old, or Jim, I'm not smart enough. And I always tell people, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them, right? If you argue for your limits, they're they're yours. Yes. And I'm arguing for my story, and I wanna for like, sure. and, and I'm fighting for what I can't do. And he's like, and he's, I was like, and I say, you know, I, have old, I can't even do this because I can't even keep up with my schoolwork. and he looks at me he was like Jim don't let school get in the way of education and this was over 25 plus years ago so I didn't realize it was a Mark Twain quote at that time yeah but he's like I was like that makes sense and then I came back I was like still I can't if I because if I commit to it I'm going to do it and I cannot do it and very smart man he reaches into his pocket and what does he pull out he pulls out my bucket list and he starts this is I had like goosebumps i call him, call him truth bumps he starts reading my bucket list out loud yeah and so, when you hear it's so weird like it's hard to describe but when i started hearing my goals my dreams my fantasies and some other person's voice incanted out in the universe it messed with my mind my heart my my spirit something fierce what and, was the reaction it, the reaction from for you for me yeah it was like i was hearing like i've never even verbalize my own goals before because I didn't have that, I didn't know where I was going or who I was uh, and what I need to be able to, to Who I need to be to be that person. But um, but when I heard those things, it really, you know, a lot of the things on that list, when I think about it, were things I wanted to do for my parents, things that they could never afford or they mm-hmm. would never, even if they could, they wouldn't do for themselves. And with that motivation or that leverage, call it what you want, you know, I think it's important in learning. You know why going back to purpose yes you know and being clear about that and I, I, well, I was never in my life but hearing those things i agree to read one book a week because i wanted to help my family and then now fast forward i'm sitting back at school and i'm sitting at my desk and i have a pile of books i have to read for midterms and then a pile of books i promise to read and i already couldn't do anything with that pile, one pile and so what do i do you know where do i have the time i just I don't eat, I don't sleep, I don't work out, I don't spend time with friends, I don't do mm-hmm. anything that's good for me. I just mm-hmm. live in the library and it's not very sustainable. right? No. I'm just like wasting away. Um, and one night, late at night, I ended up passing out out of sheer of exhaustion and I fell down a flight of stairs and I hit yeah. my head again. And I woke up two days later, Tom, in the hospital. And I don't know if anyone's had this experience where they just blacked out or passed out or but I woke up and I didn't even know where I was and I thought I died. And maybe part of me, you know, wished I, because I didn't know, like it was, everything was hard in my life. You know, I would, I I thought it was unfair. I would work three times harder than, it's not like I was lazy. I would work, but I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting the results everybody else was getting. And, and the questions I was asking was not very empowering. It was like, why, why am I so, you know, stupid? And why am I so slow and all these things? And I would come up with those answers which weren't very empowering. But um, I woke up in the hospital bed. I lost all this. I was down 117 pounds. I mean, I was wow. like, waste, when I say wasting away, yeah. I was hooked up to all these IVs. Uh, it's dehydrated. And I thought there has to be a better way. And when I had that thought, the nurse came in at that exact moment and brought me a mug of tea. And on the tea cup was a picture of Albert Einstein, like a genius, right? The, the opposite of what I thought I was. And it had one of his quotes, and we've all heard it in different iterations, in different forms, but basically it said the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem. And again, it made me ask a new question. I was like, what's my problem? And I was like, my problem really is I'm a very slow learner. And I was like, okay, what, how do I think differently about it? I was like, well, maybe I could learn how to, you know, learn faster or learn mm-hmm. better. And I asked that new question, and I was like, well, how do I do that? And I was like, oh, school. So, I asked the nurse for a course bulletin for next semester's classes, and I look at all the classes, and they're all classes again on what to learn and what to think, but not how to learn and how to think. Yeah. You know, math, history, science, I mean, important classes, but not classes on on how to study, how to listen, how Mm -hmm. to be able to have empathy and and social intelligence and connect with somebody and, you know, process information, take notes, all that stuff. Um, And so I put my studies aside because that wasn't doing very much good anyway. And I just started studying this act of studying. Like I wanted to solve this riddle, this puzzle. How does my brain work so I can work my brain? How does memory work so I can work my memory? Say
0: that first question one more time. I think that's so, I mean, that's... It's wild, right? Because
1: we live in an age where everyone who's listening or watching None of us are paid for our, completely for our brute strength. It's our brain strength. Yes. Right. Nobody is paid for their their muscle power today. Maybe in agricultural industrial age, mm-hmm. but not. It's not our. It's not our muscle power. It's our mind power. Yes. Right. And the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. Because knowledge mm-hmm. is not only power; it's profit. Yes. Right. And I don't just mean financial profit. That that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean all the treasures of our life. And so I wanted to solve this riddle of how does my brain work, so I can work my brain better. Because our brain is our most valuable wealth creating asset, period, right? And yet it doesn't come with an owner's manual. No. Right? No. And it's not necessarily user friendly. No. And in today's day and age, especially the age we live in, we're all struggling with these these metaphorical supervillains. We have digital overload, too much mm-hmm. information, too little time. Like we're we're drowning in it, taking a sip of water out of a fire hose, right? Number, second thing I think a lot of entrepreneurs or you know listeners are listening or could relate to is not only digital overload but there's digital distraction. You 100%. know, I mean, we cannot maintain our focus in a conversation. Or you'll read a page in a book, get to the end, and just forget what you just read. Mm-hmm. Or you'll meet somebody, get their name, and they the name just disappears because we have no focus or attention. And then after digital overload, digital distraction, there's this thing called digital dementia. I mean. Have you heard of this new term? Uh, it's in, in healthcare. It's basically where we're so dependent and reliant on our smart devices. It keeps our calendars. It does simple. It shows our to-do list. It, it does simple math for us. It keeps all our phone numbers. I mean, it just goes it on answers. and on and on. Siri,
0: how do I exactly YouTube the? You and so know, exactly, yes.
1: and, and our, our our mutual friend, Doctor Daniel Amen. You know, change your brain, change your life. the, the brain doctor. He's like, you know, Jim. You know, the invention of GPS. If you're dependent on a piece of technology to tell you tell you when and where to turn. You're not going to doctors to get checked out when you would ha- have memory lapse. Yeah. You know, that, that's digital dementia. It's like your brain is like a muscle, but it's use it or lose it. But we're using, you know, our smart devices is doing a lot of that for us. It's not that I wanna memorize 500 phone numbers, but we've lost the ability to remember one. Yes. We've lost the ability to remember a conversation. We've we lost the ability to remember what we we're gonna say or what hotel room number we're in. And mm-hmm. those kind of memory lapses, I believe in business especially, I think two of the most costly words in business are I forgot. You know, I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot my speech. I forgot that meeting. I forgot that name. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Okay.
0: Every listener (laughs) right now is going, okay, Jim, are you going to help me solve these things? Because I I mean, you just basically exposed... Every problem that the listeners are, everybody yeah. deals with this stuff right
1: now. And these are the things that are holding us back that yeah. we don't realize are, are taking energy yes. away from us. Yes. Taking our focus away, taking our productivity. It's stealing like our, our profit yes. all the time. And But so, it's not
0: just our profit, it's our joy. It's our happiness. Yeah. It's being in the moment. It's having eye contact with someone. It's connecting with their spouse, with their prospect, with their friends. Like we're, you know- it's, I mean, I carry my phone because I, you know, because I need it. Right. Right. But like, I don't look at it in the morning. Like I do my thing in the morning. Yeah, then I start thing, yeah. my day. Right. Like it's like, like, and most people are like, oh, I couldn't even imagine doing that. Right. Right. Like they pick up their phone. It's like, okay, start the day. Here we go. Right. So <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. No, no, no. I'm jumping ahead I, I, I love it.
1: that because it's.
0: So how do we help? The, okay. Actually no no no. Yeah. You got to finish.
1: Okay. So, the, how did
0: you how did you finally solve this? Yeah.
1: So, here's the thing. I asked it started with a question. Yeah. You know, we're ta- we're talking about fundamental principles yes. of just of elite performance, right? Yeah. We're talking about perspective. We're talking about the power questions. We're under- we're talking about with that bucket list understanding our our motivation, like mm-hmm. what's most what our values are, yep. you know. And then when we're thinking about so for me I, I was asking this question how does my brain work and so I can work my brain so I set my studies aside. And I really started studying this thing called meta learning. Mm -hmm. You know, meta learning is like the science of learning how to learn. Yes, And I think it's the one thing we should have all been taught back in school, because it's just the world is changing so fast. Mm -hmm. And you always have to retool and rethink and it's so competitive. And how do you catch up, keep up, you know, get ahead nowadays. And so I started studying adult learning theory, multiple intelligence theory, I started studying, you know, it's, it wasn't just the latest neuroscience which i'm really excited about neurogenesis neuroplasticity all our ability to create new brain cells and new connections but it was also not only the newest most modern you know studies out of these great i believe schools it was also like the ancients like what did people do before there were like uh, there was a smartphone like yes. what did they do before they had a printing press Yes. like how did they pass on historical yes. information through generations around campfires and so i started studying the ancient greeks like what did what did those poets do to be able, twenty five hundred years ago, what did ancient civilizations do? You know, you know, Native Americans. How did mm-hmm. they remember things? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, my goal. And I, after I started learning this, I started studying speed reading and mnemonics. I started training with magicians. I mean, I mean, I really wanted to pull from a whole gestalt yes. of uh, you know different methodologies and and, and mm-hmm. trainings. And um, about sixty days into it, Tom, a light switch just flipped on, and. I started to understand things like really for what I felt like the first time. Yeah, I started to have better focus. I started to uh, to process information and not only process it but retain it mm-hmm. um, and also apply it. You know what a concept. I believe the the biggest lie in the personal develop in an in industry or any in performance training is this thing that we grew up with with learning saying that the saying that says knowledge is power, right? You know, it's, it's not completely accurate because mm-hmm. knowledge in itself is not power. It has the potential to mm-hmm. be power, but it only becomes power when we apply it. And people think yeah. that if they just buy a book or a course or whatever, because the truth is all the books, podcasts, videos, coaching programs, none of it works unless we work. Bingo. Right. And then it sits on the shelf and it becomes shelf help and not self help. And people think they get points, you know, just for getting all those books I have to
0: write that down. That's <laughs> so classic,
1: But it's, it's true. I mean, it's one of those things. And I, my, my, you know, I know we're going to the tactics right now. My challenge for everyone listening is learning is not a spectator sport. No. You, you got to get off the bench. You got to do the work, mm-hmm. you know? And so if knowing... You know, there's this sh- cartoon, uh, G.I. Joe, I always end with knowing is half the battle. But if knowing is half the battle, the other half is, is applying in an action. Yeah. And so my challenge for everyone listening is to ask yourself, how can I use this? You know, and there's three questions because we're talking about questions are the answer. To take knowledge and put it into action. I just did this uh, a podcast episode on this. I ask yourself, train yourself relentlessly to ask these three questions. Number one, how can I use this? So this is dealing with your head, right? Um, These are, this is your creative juice, like how you learn something, which we're gonna talk about how to remember names, how to learn faster. Ask yourself, how can I use this? The second thing I would ask yourself is going from your head into your heart. Why must I use this? Because a lot of people, they know what to do, but they don't do what they know, because common sense, as we talked about, is not common practice. And so, like, why must I use this? And this is the drive, right? This is your values, and this is what's going to get you up. Like, who's counting on you? I listened to your recent podcast. Like, who's counting on you to, yeah. like, be your yes. best version of yourself? That yep. superhero version of yourself, yep. right? Like, so that's your why, which is the second H, which is the heart. And then the when you go from there to your hands, head, heart, hands, mm-hmm. which is really the implementation, right? Really where you're going from information to inspiration to implementation, the third question you ask is, you know after you ask how can i use this why must i use this is when will i use this Mm -hmm. obsessively ask when will i I think one of the most downplayed like the most powerful productivity performance tool we have is our calendar yeah but most people you know they'll schedule their doctor's appointments or client appointments or investor meetings but they will never schedule the things that they their workouts their journaling their meditation right all the, the the other personal growth that they have to be able to do because in you know this in order for your for your business to grow your income to grow you, we need to grow mm-hmm. right at, at the source and so ask yourself when will i use this so how can i use this why must i use this and then when will i use this and unless it's in your calendar it's it's not going to happen right it's just not
0: has he been listening yeah. to my podcast? Like my, so the cornerstone of what I talk about is: if it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist.
1: I love that so right? much. I
0: mean, that's it. Like, so okay. So I got to back up just for a yeah. second because when you have that moment, mm-hmm. the mo- like I, I felt like like a mutual friend, uh, Tom Billu, right? Like the it's Neo in the Matrix mm-hmm. when he finally realizes. I can jump. I yeah. can fly. I can stop bullets. Eat. Like you had that moment, but you earned that moment because mm-hmm. you did the work. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Because because I think people all we want that like that that aha moment. Like right. But if I don't do the work, the aha doesn't show yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The, the true life changing aha. Can right. you speak to that?
1: Yeah, I can. This is so that when I said there's three eyes. You have information, which most people have in their head. They have inspiration to use that. And then, and this is why I love your show because it has, it has both, right? You, you inspire people, but just if somebody just inspire all the time, people be motivated, but not know what there to do. Go. And if you just instruct all the time, people have a lot of information, but they're not inspired to use it. So you, you, you need, you need a balance and a blend. So you have the information in your head, you have the inspiration in your heart, and then you have the implementation in your hands. And when you have those three eyes, I feel like Then you could go to the 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 fourth eye, which is really the goal for me is integration. Yeah, you know, where it becomes you, it's who you are. Yes, and um, and during those sixty days of studying meta learning and speed reading and mnemonics and adult learning theory and neuroscience, there was a point where it just integrated, and I just you know you know where I realized where I had this like power where i could stop bullets. I was in a huge lecture center. I don't talk about this, but I was in a huge lecture center, you know, still freshman year. a few hundred people there. And back then, um, you know, there's no there's no internet. I don't want to date myself, but it, we, we had, remember those like overhead projectors and they had you had to like like kind of roll them yes. out and yes. and so the teacher was putting notes on on there, you know, for everyone to watch, you know, look at and take notes and the teacher professor put something on there. And uh, you know, a handful of seconds later, I start laughing out loud. Now, I, I, we talk about superpowers a lot. And the reason why I talk about superheroes a lot is because I couldn't read, but I taught myself how to read by reading comic books. Yeah. Something about the illustrations, the story, good versus evil, yeah. hero's journey brought the words to life, and that's yeah. how I learned how to read. And- You also um, got
0: intent behind the
1: words. Yes, very you know much what I mean? so.
0: you When you see the anger, the smile, the pow, that you, know, you get the intention behind the words, which adds so much, it makes it easier to read. It, it does. It makes it easier to
1: learn. Completely. Yeah. And, I, and I really think, you know, when we're talking, I know we're gonna talk about accelerated learning, using all of that makes a difference, using all your senses and understanding, drive and motivation. And so um, he puts a, a slide on the projector and a few seconds later, I just start laughing because growing up, my superpower was really being invisible. Because when you define yourself as the boy with a broken brain, you know, and I don't think it came from this teacher's malintent. I just no. feel, you know, I don't feel like it was. It, it was so I, I own that. But it's, I um, I didn't want the attention. You know, I don't want to be seen or heard. Maybe I do deep down, mm-hmm. but I didn't want the spotlight. And so, but I laugh out loud, and, and I, you know, people look and they see me, and they probably never paid attention to me in the whole school year. And then people are like looking at me weirdly. And then about 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds later, there was this ripple where everyone else started laughing. And what we're laughing at was this slide. It was like a big, like a riddle joke that he put on there. But because I had these quote unquote superpowers that I was developing, I read it and processed it really fast, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's when I realized I was like, wow, I could, you know, this like Neo stopping bullets kind of thing. Um, And so when I got to 60 days into it, my grades just skyrocketed. And not only my grades, but my life. You know what I mean? That of was course. that. This was, was the one thing yes. that was my kryptonite that was holding me back. My you know Achilles heel, and um, and when I had that moment, I was actually I was cheering and happy for myself, but I was also upset. I was really angry Why? because like I suffered and struggled for a decade and a half. My whole academic school, elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, mm-hmm. you know. It was like, it was, it was always on me. It was always not even just the elephant in the room. It was, I was like, the elephant was like on my shoulders that I was just disabled or challenged and everything and it affected every area of my life. And, um, and I was upset that there were simple ideas, tools, techniques, you know, capabilities I could have learned that would have made this so much easier. Yeah. And it made me, I did, didn't understand why they didn't teach just in school how to learn. You know, and so I started to, I started to help friends and I started to tutor because that was like my mission, right? Um, Because I couldn't keep this to myself. Anger into
0: positive action,
1: Exactly, because I I believe that if you learn and then from your learn, you earn, then you have to return. Yes. You know, and then so I was getting all this benefit, but shame on me if I know something that could help somebody who's suffering like I did all those years, you know, my entire life, um, practically, and I don't share it with people. And so I started tutoring and one of my very first students, she was a freshman and she in college, she read 30 books in 30 days. Wow. Now Tom, not, 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 we're not, tra- we're not talking
0: like the old, like, you no, know, I'm not talking <laughs> like cliff notes. I'm not talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. skimming scan, yeah. like
1: traditional speed reading has been long been associated with skimming, skipping words, yeah. getting a gist. Yeah. And you know, that's not like, I, I train world leaders and CEOs of major companies and, And doc, the best doctors uh, at, you know, at the the Cleveland Clinic and Mm -hmm. all the. It's, people that need to take in a right. tremendous amount like of content
0: you to have context to make a good you don't decision. Want your, right?
1: You yeah. don't want your doctor to get the gist of what she's reading. <laughs> no. Right. And so no. I train people to read. But she goes, so, this, so this young lady read 30 books in 30 days and really absorbed it. And I wanted to find out, you know, I believe genius leaves clues, that if somebody is successful, genius is completely trainable. Yes. Right. And they're doing other things. So when I do things on stage and I read a book a day and I do these kind of mental feats, you know, there's always a method behind what looks like magic. Yes. You know, if somebody's an incredible salesperson, there's a method. Always. Whether that person's conscious of it or not, yep. there's doing something other people aren't doing. Yes. Right. And so you follow that recipe, you get the same kind of results. And so I didn't want to find out how she read 30 books in 30. I know exactly how she did it because I taught her. I wanted to find out why. Yes. Because, I, like, motive going, matters. Yeah, it does. Intense. Yes. Motive matters. Like, I was doing this training a little while ago in Silicon Valley, and when I was done, Bill Gates comes up to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? And he was like, Jim, the ability to read faster. Yes. You know, like leaders are readers. And mm-hmm. Warren Buffett was like, I probably wasted 10 years of my life reading slowly. You know, he reads 500 pages a day, you yeah. know, still. I mean, leaders are readers. And we're and,
0: talking about trying to get people just to read 10 I, I pages know, of a good know, book a I day. I know, day. <laughs> right. And that's the
1: thing. And so we like to, and so, he, but so she, and, but I wanna, after I asked him that about his superpower, we yeah. started talking about the future of education, and Bill was like talking about it from technology, you know. Now that classrooms don't have four walls, like people are watching yeah. this all around the world, yes. right? And learning. And um, and I was talking to Proud from uh, from a theory, adult learning theory, meta learning. And so this group that was gathering around, listening to this conversation, they were like, "You have the tools, and you have the theory. Is there anything missing to change education?" And we talked about it some more, and we came up with the same conclusion: motivation. Yeah. like understanding human motivation what drives people to do what mm-hmm. they do why do they why do they work out why do they not work out why do they procrastinate why do they buy why do they yes. do anything right yes. and so um, so I wanted to find out this young lady's motivation and I find out that her mother her mother was dying of terminal cancer and was given two months to live 60 days mm-hmm. and the books she was reading were books on health and wellness and I'll turn to medicine everything because she was determined to save her mom's life. That's a lot of drive. You know, yeah. going back to like why I read through you know, was reading killing myself reading a book a week was just to how do I help my family, right? Mm-hmm. And so I understood, I was like, wow, said prayers, good luck with that. Six months goes by, I don't hear from her. All of a sudden I get a call from this young lady, and she's crying and she's crying, crying, she just won't stop. And when she's done, like I find out they're tears of joy that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how, they don't know why. They called it a miracle, but her mother attributed 100% to the advice she got from her daughter who learned it from all these books. And at that moment, that's when I realized that if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. That if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. Read the ability to read faster, be able to focus. Say it 10 more times. Yeah, if knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. And it's a superpower we all have inside of us. You know, I always tell people that, Your life is like an egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. Mm -hmm. And all great things begin on the inside. And everyone listening to this, watching this, you have greatness inside of you. You have genius inside of you. And I love this conversation because it's all about how do you let it out? And if you're struggling, you're suffering, you're overloaded with all these. It's not completely your fault because we weren't taught we weren't prepared we live in a world of autonomous electric cars and spaceships that are going to mars but our vehicle of choice when it comes to learning and education it's like a horse and buggy yeah you know they say of rip van winkle the guy who slept for decades if he woke up today the only thing you'd recognize in our world are schools you know and this is not a slight against teachers my mother became a school teacher because she didn't know how to help me a you know, special education teacher it's just because teachers are some of the most committed, caring, compassionate individuals that I know, um, but it's a system issue. You know, the the, the system hasn't changed as, as much. It's and $5. so five point
0: seven trillion dollars of the GDP, the GDP of the U.S. and one point two trillion dollars is on education. Yeah, think about how pathetic that is.
1: Yeah, and so you know, it, it's just whoever's listening to this. That's why we're such big advocates on 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 self education and self empowerment, mm-hmm. and yes. you know, but. The purpose of education and self growth is not learning just for learning's sake, it's for application. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when people understand why they're learning something, they're more likely to, to, to retain it and, and use it. And so when, when that happened, I just found my, my mission, you know, because I wanted my, my goal is really because I grew up with a broken brain. When we're talking about my purpose, my, my purpose really is to make better, brighter brains, to light them up they say we use a very small percentage of our potential. We use all our brain, but in terms of its potential and its efficiency and yes. effectiveness is very different. And um, and so my goal is no brain left behind. You know, that's, that's my purpose for being here. I've done this for over 25 years and I'll be doing it the next 25 years. And, you know, I just want everyone who's listening, if there's an opportunity, you know, get one insight, one idea just to be able to have, you know, have positive impact on your brain because your brain controls everything yes you know and that that's really my goal and uh so let's first of all
0: we could end right now and there's a lot of value just in that conversation Mm. right i mean we all we all hear stories of other people's issues and how they overcome them and it inspires us right to Mm -hmm. say me too right like okay he did it she did it i can do it too the thing that i wrote down it's so funny we had all these questions and i'm like forget all that stuff I want to talk brain optimization, right? Yeah. How, how do I intensify my let's superpower? Do let's do this. I want to talk about specifically the elimination of ants, which I know falls under mm-hmm. brain up, op- but I want to okay. separate that and really hit it hard. Yeah. And then I want to get some super learning tips around memory retention, remembering and just, names, right? Remembering names, which every one of these clients needs. Of I mean, course. So, so you let's, you pick yeah, which, yeah, yeah. which one do you want to attack let's, first? Let's go into this. Um, all Bra- right. So brain let's, optimization. Let's do it. Yeah. So give me give me like. What are five things yeah. I should do? And I know I've watched, you know, mm-hmm. 10 ways to do it. But yeah. give, give me like the top five.
1: Yeah, I, I will. And so this is you know, and I love I love this format. So let's turn this into a little masterclass. So everyone who's listening, yes. you're listening to it. You're you're driving. You're 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 at the gym, or you're listening at night. Whatever it is, as best you can, take notes on this, please, um, because everyone knows there's a learning curve, but there's also a forgetting curve. Yeah. They say the science is saying that within two days, forty eight hours, we lose eighty percent of everything that we learn, because. You know, learning is remembering. Socrates said that, but we're not taught. It should have been the fourth R back in school. Reading, yeah. writing, arithmetic and and remembering, you know, retention. So here here's some of the the, the, the most powerful keys to really optimize your brain. And again, this is your wealth. This is your wealth tool. More people upgrade their phones. I mean, think about how often you upgrade your phones. I, I
0: love this metaphor. Your you, you know,
1: your your operating system, you know, <laughs> on your, your computer, you, you get all these updates, but when are people updating their brains? You know, their people's brains minds? are running on
0: DOS right now. I
1: know. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and they feel it because they feel slow compared course, to where the world is. Of course. And so everything here is meant to, you don't have to work harder. I mean, you certainly, working hard is definitely a big part of it, but you wanna be, you know, like Sharpen the Saw, Stephen Covey. That's right. You wanna That's right. work smart, and so, the essence of this is all right. Number one, a good brain diet. All right, let's start Thank with you. the food that you eat, yep. because what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this is in an area that most people aren't familiar with. It's called neuronutrition, and I did uh, I did three shows on this. And neuronutrition is because your brain actually requires different nutrients than the rest of your body. And most people are not feeding their brain and they wonder why they're, they have brain fog. They wonder why they're slow to think. They're wondering why their reaction time is, you know, not where it, what it needs to be. And so uh, some of the, some of my favorite brain foods, just I'll just give you some, and I recommend everybody talks to their functional medicine doctor. Get your blood work done. Exactly. See nutrient profile. Exactly. And then also, you know, your, your biome, you know, maybe certain foods that you're eating could be Creating the the challenges wow, that you're having, yes. and you don't people yes. don't know because that's your your gut is your second brain, yes, and there's there's a huge connection between the two, and so but so do that. But as in general, the uh, the genius you know brain foods, you have avocados, right? The good fats. You have blueberries. Yeah. I, I call them brain berries. Yeah. You know, and those antioxidants are very neuroprotective. You have broccoli,
0: yeah,
1: uh, which also has high levels of fiber, also as well. Olive oil, which I love. Olive oil, Uh, after that, if your diet allows, eggs are very, very, very powerful. Green leafy vegetables, very good. And I would, when I'm going through this, like you can make your your grocery list for next time you go to the, you know, your grocery store, you go food shopping, these are your, like your super brain foods, if you will. But also rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10 when I talk about these five things. How well are we doing? Um, So from there, you have, you have um, number... I would say number seven is wild salmon, if, you're yeah. alive, if your diet allows. Uh, sardines are really good, caviar is extraordinary, very high in DHA, the, the omega-3s that yeah. are very important. Um, from there, I would say turmeric, yeah. the spice, uh, that golden, I make in the morning, sometimes I'll make this golden milk, which has like turmeric, pepper, which helps you absorb it about 500% better, a little bit of, of honey and some almond milk heated, it's wonderful. It's, it lowers inflammation, and really, inflammation is the name of the game because you want to balance out the inflammation in your body because that leads to a lot of challenges um, and uh, degenerative diseases. And then from there, I would say walnuts, really mm-hmm. good. Yep. Walnuts and almonds. Notice a walnut also looks like a human brain, exactly. Which is My which wife is wild. just
0: said that same thing. She goes, That's I'm, eating, I'm
1: eating little brains." Exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and so you're eating. It's 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 interesting also that the brain getting. I don't want to get meta here, but it's uh, the brain named itself, which is kind of, kind of interesting also, also also as well. But there's certain foods that actually look like the organ it's serving. Yes. And I don't know if this is science, but it's definitely a good mnemonic memory strategy. Like for example, you cut a carrot, and it looks like the human eye, mm-hmm. and carrots are good for your eyes. You cut a tomato, and it looks like it has four chambers, like the human heart. Yep. And so certain foods, so you can remember that really easily because um, walnuts look like human brains. And finally, um, another one: dark chocolate. Yeah, what's what's yes. good for generally for your mood? It has to be dark chocolate, not milk chocolate. Yeah, uh, tends to be good. And for Probably your mind not a also Snicker well. bar, in case you guys are wondering. Yeah, <laughs> in
0: case you're wondering.
1: <laughs> so those are good good brain <laughs> diet, and
0: so flip it. Mm first of all, I gotta just say, right? So here's my, here's my breakfast every day. Two eggs, right? So I do, I do take my pan out. I put ghee butter in, right? Then I throw like the biggest handful of spinach Mm -hmm. in it, right? I throw broccoli on top. Wow. I do two (laughs) eggs. I open up a can of olive oil uh, sardines, put the olive oil in my dog food, right? So my dog is just in seventh heaven, put the balance in, right? And then Cook it up and put a half an avocado on top.
1: I love that so much. Right, and Dude, I take that
0: photo, and people are like, "Sardines," and I'm like, and I, I'll just hashtag brain yeah. food. Hashtag brain food. Exactly. Hashtag brain food. Right.
1: Exactly. And yeah. people, because people wonder when they when they have challenges with it. I could see what we're talking about. We're talking about the hardware, you know. Yeah. And after this, we could talk about the yes. learning strategies, yes. which is the software. But you can learn. You know, I could teach somebody how to read three times faster or remember names. But if their hardware is not in in line, hundred percent, then. Then when is if it? the
0: brain is foggy, it doesn't ex- matter how much information ex- ex- you take ex- in. This exactly. Is, I do these conferences and I'm like, guys, maybe you shouldn't drink while we're at the conference. We're trying to improve our brains and move forward. And like, eh, you know, some people like a, a conference is a release
1: for them, right, right, right? right? They're away
0: from their day-to-day, they're with their buddies and they party. And I'm like, this is not the time to be partying, right? And side note, flip it. Yeah. Five or six foods to avoid.
1: Yeah, this is so on the opposite side, which we're, we're avoiding are processed foods. Yep. You know, generally things that, like fat food, or oh, they call it fast food. I think fat food is what <laughs> I like to call it? it. Yeah, that's what I call yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the people call it pretty much the, you know, standard American diet. Sad, oh, the sad. sad diet. Exactly. Um, you want to avoid processed foods. Really, what's what's really bad are the the processed oils. Yeah, because they, you know, they, the, that that really messes. It's not only creating havoc on your on your heart, but whatever's good for your heart's going to be good for your your head. And that's why exercise is, you know, one of those five things. And yeah. so, yes, I believe that you should all have a to-do list, but that's also a not-to-do list yes. of the things. You know, you say no to good, so you say yes to great, um, which checking your phone the first hour of the day. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we've talked about that. But also the foods that you want to be able to avoid Yeah, um, because it, it'll just slow you down. And it's not that eating one Donut is going to ruin your life, but it's the consistency. It's the compound of that. absolutely, absolutely, because consistency compounds. Um, and so that's the good brain. That's a good brain diet. Uh, number two, I would say. We already just covered, just mentioned it, exercise. Yeah. Yep. And it's so simple. Now, notice that a coach doesn't always tell you something brand new, but tells you about what you need to be doing. And you know this because it's common sense, but we're not doing it. Yeah. So on a scale of zero to 10, how's everyone doing with their not just exercise? I'm not, I'm not just talking about going to the gym three times a week, because that, that's. I'm talking about movement, yeah. because the primary reason we have a brain is to control our movement. That's the primary reason and here's what science is showing us it's not just a mind-body connection there's a body-mind connection that as the body moves your brain grooves as your body moves your brain grooves but here's the thing you've all heard you know, we're all sitting behind these boxes eight hours a day, and it's really tough because- Sitting. Yeah, Sitting, sitting is smoking. Exactly, yeah, right? they, we they, we they, yeah. sitting, sitting is a new sitting, smoking. Sitting is a new smoking, yep. and your body is meant to, and so what I would recommend, so what's the optimal time to be able to work, to be able to study? Science is saying, is suggesting, it's about 25, 30 minutes. It's, um, they call it the Pomodoro Technique, that after about 25, 30 minutes, our focus and our attention, our concentration, there's a dip. And obviously when we start losing our focus and attention, we start losing the understanding and the retention, everything that comes after that. So this is cascade effect. And so what the Pomodoro technique is basically saying is take your phone and set an alarm to go off every 25, 30 minutes. And then when you hear it go off, you don't take a 30 minute break. You take a five minute break. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You do deep breathing, right? Because prim- your brain... See, this is the thing. Your brain is only 2% of your body mass, but it requires 20% of the nutrients and, and oxygen. And so deep breathing, a lot of people, they have brain fog. And I'm, I'm talking to people listening to this. You're suffering. your Thoughts aren't coming as clear as, as you want them. You're forgetting simple things. You don't have the mental energy. You're suffering from decision fatigue, right? You can't make a good decision. And part of it is we're just not oxygenating. And the reason why is like, when people read even, you know, they get so tired. They use reading as a sedative. They get get tense. Exactly, and they Mm -hmm. count how many more pages they have left. It's not a pleasant process. And a lot of it, some of it is just their posture. When they're reading, they're like slumped down. And when you collapse your diaphragm, people don't realize this, but the lower one third of your lungs absorbs two thirds of the oxygen. And so you wanna be able to keep your posture up. And so the challenge is, most people aren't getting that oxygen. So deep breathing is one thing to do during the five minute break. You know, number two, I would say, Hydrate, because going back to you know we we're talking about you know good brain diet. Water is just if you just staying hydrated will improve your your yes. reaction time and your yeah. thinking thirty percent. Just staying hydrated, but most people aren't hydrated. Because then, Most so people
0: are super dehydrated. Absolutely, no idea. You
1: could lose actually. Coffee even,
0: doesn't hydrate you, in case you guys are wondering.
1: It definitely does not. And then the first first thing in the morning, you know, I try get people just to drink water because you could lose up to a pound of water through respiration and perspiration mm-hmm. at night.
0: Do you recommend lemon water?
1: I like. I, I love lemon water yeah. completely. And so I'll do that, or I'll add some apple cider vinegar into it, or I'll add some mm-hmm. kind of, um, like a little sea salt. But, um, so water, and that's when I'll also, you know, I have a whole morning routine. You know, these 10 things I do every morning. Everybody has their own morning routine. My Mine specifically are to jumpstart my brain. Yes. You know, I get it in the right way. Um, so drinking water, and, and I test when I take my probiotics, you know, for my, my second brain, if you will. But going back to the third thing I do during my brain breaks, so a five minute brain break after a 25 minute study session or work session, I, I move, I hydrate, and then I, um, I'm sorry, the last one is I move and going back to exercise. As your body moves, your brain grooves. And so it's not just working out again three or four times a week in the gym, it's actually making it a practice, you know, taking a little walk. I mean, there's reasons why Steve Jobs, who we were talking about before this conversation, he would do these walking meetings, right? Creativity, your focus is so much better. You're grounded. The building. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, instead of sitting down all the time and that's, you know, and since it takes these kind of changes, but here's the thing when it comes to your habits, and we've all heard this first, you create your habits, then your habits create you, you create your habits of meditation of working out of eating the best foods ever. And then those habits create you back, but it doesn't just create your habits. It's this meta level where you, you, create the habit of showing up for yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's not just your habits of behavior, it's your habits of thoughts, it's your habits of feelings. So instead of just having a to-do list and a not to-do list, well, you know, how about a to feel list? Like, what do I want? To, what are three things I want to feel today? Yeah, you know, what about a to be list? Like, a lot of people get stressed out and they are in crisis mode and they go in fight or flight, which is not good for making good mental decisions, or you know, using your cognitive capacity when you're in fight or flight. Cortisol and adrenaline—literally, chronic stress shuts down your brain. But what I would say is, like, you know, what are we doing to be able to alleviate that stress and also be able to just get get centered? Right. And I feel like a lot of times people are, you know, I, I tweeted this out the other day it's just, you know, it, we feel bur- it, maybe it's, you're not burnt out or tired just because you're doing too much. Maybe you're doing too little of the things that matter. Bingo. The, the things that make us come alive, the things that, that spark our fire, if you will. And so movement is really key. And so it's not just isolated to times in the gym, but again, in the habit of moving all the time because as your body moves, your brain grooves. We're doing these weekly challenges on on, on Instagram right now where we're challenging people to do little things that, like brush your, brushing your teeth with the opposite hand. Yes, You know, which is actually shown, like think about it. You know, when, when we have all these people taking pictures of themselves first thing in the morning with their opposite hand, brushing their teeth. But number one, it forces presence so for those of you who have trouble remembering names the art of memory is the art of attention and being present with somebody and really observing them and being being with them but a lot of people they're always elsewhere but if you're brushing with, teeth with your opposite hand you have to be present and it also trains you also, on top of it, there's these cross laterals. When I'm saying as your body moves, your brain grooves, that using one half of your body actually stimulates the other half of your brain. Yeah. Um, and so that gives you mental exercise. And then the other reason I've had people brush their teeth with the opposite hand, is not only does it make you present and focused, not only is it training your brain, your opposite side of your brain, but the third thing is getting used to doing difficult things. Like everybody, and this, this is why I love your work, because you do the deep work. Yeah. And most people are trying to avoid that. They want the evil, the pill right but yeah. they don't know it's a, it's it's not a pill it's a process and here's the thing it's just how you do anything is how you do everything and when you do get yourself to do difficult things you you know you build that grit or that resilience whatever you want to call it and so it shows up when you have to do that sales call yeah when you have to have that unpleasant presentation you know a presentation or that conversation with somebody you know so you build that up and so but I'm coming back to the power of movement so number mm-hmm. one good brain diet number two yep. move you yeah. know move and even just brisk walk and also when you're listening to podcasts like this it's been shown that if you do if you're walking when you're listening to it or you're on an elliptical you're doing something rhythmic you're going to encode it better so you're going to remember it better also as well um after that man narrow it down to five like what's going to those first two were big yeah if everybody just
0: acts on completely eat the right food for your brain yeah and then follow the movement pattern. Right? Yeah. And I love the 25 minute work and yeah. stop hydrate. No, but I,
1: I have the other five here, are the yeah. other three, here yep. we go. So, so after that, what I would say, what's going to move the needle, give you a force multiplier, like in the yeah. military where the yeah. same amount of input gives you multiple, yep. multiple yep. outputs is this, what they call the focal point is, I would say, or the lead domino, if you mm-hmm. will, you hit that first domino and you have this ripple of cascading effect in yeah. the rest of your life positively. Um, what I would say, another one is a positive peer group. Dude, like what's great for your guide. brain It's yes. just, it's not just yes. your neurological networks, it's your social networks. Yeah. It, you know, it ha- has less to do with your biology because here's the thing, this is the truth. Research is saying, conservatively, people say, oh, I'm too old, or oh, this runs in my family genetically or whatever. Genetics and biology is only about one third of that potential two-thirds of it is what we're talking about now. It's your lifestyle, and we have direct influence. Now, some people believe with epigenetics that we have 100% influence on everything, Mm -hmm. on how our genes express itself, depending on that, you know, some people suggest that some of these genetic challenges uh, or, like, Alzheimer's, like, that's, like, in... uh, Our genetics loads the gun, but our lifestyle... determines whether we fire it or not, right? And so that makes a big difference. So one third, so there's no such thing as a good or bad memory, there's just more of a trained memory and an untrained memory if you do the work. And so good brain diet, and then after that, movement. The third thing I would say: positive peer group, because who you spend time with is who you become. And we've all heard that before. That if you spend time with nine broke people all the time, you're be careful. You're gonna be number ten, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why, from neuroscience perspective, is you have these thing called these things called mirror neurons, and they're in your, your in your nervous system. These are your empathy, your imitation neurons. It's, mm-hmm. it's when you watch sports or you watch television or movie, you could feel what the character is feeling, and it's. That's why kids also learn so well, they, they imitate you, right? Yes, yes. And here's the thing, it's not your biological networks, it's, it's like whether you someone smokes or has a habit that disempowers them, it has more to do with your social, whether your friends' friends do that. Yep. And so your mirror neurons, the reason why you become the people you spend time with and you have to be careful and protect yourself is because you start adopting and adapting their, their habits their same behaviors, their same attitudes, their same thoughts, their same thought patterns. And that's why the world, exactly. And that's why we become those people. Yeah. And so I would say on the other side, and we all know this, we could be around, you could do all the great techniques, you eat the best food ever, you could be moving. But if you have some energy vampires in your life, And it's and sometimes it's our it's our family, you know. Sometimes it's our friends. People like, why are you reading all the time? Like, you know, why are you going to all these conferences? Why do you listen to
0: all that stuff? Why do you have a coach? Exactly, you're doing
1: fine. Exactly, and and part of it, I I believe, it could be sincere, but they could be sincerely wrong, right? Mm -hmm. You know, family could love you. They they have some kind of secondary gain. Uh, uh, They don't want to lose you. They don't want you to outgrow them. They don't want crabs in a bucket, man. Exactly. They're they're like, don't 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 cook too good. Exactly. Or, Or they don't want you to get hurt or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But it, but it's because we give them the power to do so, and we could choose whether or not we do that. And we, you know, we talk about expectations and other people's expectations of us. You could go broke buying to other people's expectations and opinions, right? Yep. That that's and you could become wealthy in the right peer group. Exactly. Wealthy health mindset
0: could, relationships mm-hmm. empathy abundance money the whole like the whole game
1: all of it. And yep. the reason why this I believe if. You're, you know, people are listening to this right now. You're amazing, and I don't say that to just puff you up. I say it because you're self-selecting. You're doing the work. Exactly. You're you listening, know, right? Most you're people staying aware. Most people do not show up for for stuff. No. Period. And certainly, the other most people don't take that information and play full out. But no. when you do what other people don't do, you can have a life that other people can't have. You know, and that's what's reserved for you. And so I would say, going back to you know other people's opinions. It's just like when we're taking, I spend a lot of time in senior centers. I lost uh, my grandmother to Alzheimer's. And I don't just spend time in senior centers just to, to improve their memory. You know, I, I help the mm-hmm. caregivers and such because mm-hmm. things that I could do. But more, I love, first of all, the wisdom because yes. there's so much wisdom. Yes. In, in, and I believe we can learn something from anybody, um, especially people who've been on this planet, you know, for longer than we have. And mm-hmm. so I respect that. But when they're sharing these stories, it's also polishing off their memories too. Yep. Um, but also, you hear these things called regrets, you know, and it's it's interesting because you know the biggest regret people have, you know, across everywhere is just they live, they somehow lessen their life or didn't do certain things because of what other people would think. Yeah, you know, and I'm saying that when when we're taking when we're taking our last breaths. None of other people's opinions, none of our fears, none of it matters. What matters is how we lived, how we learned, how we loved, and work backwards from that. You know, create your great day from that. Like, what are the three things that are most important to me, and how do I how do I celebrate that, you know? Mm-hmm. And what would have to happen today in order for me to come back? You know, at night, somebody asked me how my day was, and I was like, I crushed it today. Today was awesome. Like, who's counting on you to play your A-game right now? Bingo. You know, and because when we're in that box, and in, in our coffin, there's not, a lot of room for possessions, but then you could, everyone could have the cars and other great, you know, toys, but there's certainly not a lot of room in there for regret. It's you the know? poem, The Dash. The right? Dash. The day you're born,
0: the day you die, and that dash Completely. is all the memories and experiences you had. Yeah. Right. My son's turning 18 in a couple of days. So I'm like, dude, do you want anything for your birthday? And he's like, just some more memories, Dad.
1: Yeah. Right, it's like experience stuff is stuff
0: is stuff. He's like, you know, let's go jump out of an airplane or something. Like, let's just do and something to see, you that's know, experience
1: why, life. That's why Tom. I'm, I'm really, I really love um, when people talk about memory. It's it's not just about remembering facts, figures, formulas. You know, that that's all amazing. We yes. can, you can remember all of the client information. Be able to give, and then they feel like you care. It's, yes. it's amazing. But you know the three areas it's not just mental intelligence, it's mental health and it's mental fitness. yes. I want people to remember things that are most important like three L's especially. Number one, you got to remember your life because if your life is worth living it's worth remembering but most people don't remember those moments. Most people don't remember what they have for breakfast. <laughs> no. Right. And so I want to, or, I want or, people... the,
0: or the 15 great things that have happened this year.
1: Exactly. exactly. They have a
0: tendency. To, they remember the, the dragon that got, you know, that killed them or the deal that yeah. got away or the anger in their relationship at the moment. Yeah. But I'm like, well, did you have any victories along the way? Like, well, yeah, I went to the gym every day and I lost two pounds and I feel better and I closed right. a bunch of deals. And I'm like, but which one's taking up all your mind power?
1: Exactly. I mean, what if you just like every single day just put like wrote a little note to yourself and at the end of the day, like one little thing you're grateful for and put it into like a a fish, you know, a jar or something at the the, the end of the year, you have like 365 things that you're just like, here's a great, because gratitude, I did a whole Thanksgiving episode on how gratitude rewires your brain and four ways of getting into instant gratitude. And it's, it's interesting because what you appreciate appreciates. Mm -hmm. So you do this thought experiment. And just kind of close your eyes and and just ask yourself, what if the only things in my life tomorrow, the only things I kept tomorrow, are the things I express gratitude for today? You know that would get your priorities really. That would dial you in. Because here's the thing: like we've all, yeah, I think gratitude is the, the ultimate emotion because we've all won the lottery. You know, life. We just the fact that we're yeah, everyone alive. Everyone listening
0: right now. Everyone, yes. you won the yes. you
1: won the lottery. If you're yeah. alive listening to this uh-huh. right now, you won the lottery yep. already. Yeah. And so they, there's this. There's just saying that says uh, gratitude is riches and complaint is poverty. You know, it's made, I mean, when you feel great. A lot of people, you know, they could have a lot of stuff, but if they don't feel like they're they're blessed and they they're grateful for it, they don't have a lot. But you know, there's a lot of people who don't have a lot of resources, but they're really grateful for things that they have and they live with that vibrancy. And so, I would love tell to me the,
0: tell me the three L's life. Yeah, so
1: first thing is remember your life. Yep. The second. You know, is remembering your loved ones. Yes. Because those are the people that make life worth you know, those magic moments you share with yeah. the people that um, the the family and friends that are also family, family,
0: family. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that become friends yes. that have become so close, they yes. become your family. Yeah. Those those moments. And then finally the third L are your lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, going back, a lot of people we've all heard this phrase and we've all said it before, and is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. Maybe it's not insanity, maybe it's just a bad memory. <laughs> you know, you're repeating problems, like we, you you date the same kind of person, you eat the same kind of food, you you all make the same mis- financial mistakes <laughs> yes. all the time because you're not remembering the lessons. Yeah. And I would say life, remember your life, remember your loved ones, remember your lessons, yep. because mistakes, and you know, you and I, we've talked about this a lot you know, to, our, to our students, you know, mistakes, we make mistakes, you know, and mistakes don't necessarily define us. What no. defines us? How we how we respond yep. to it? Are we are we owning it? Are we responsible yeah. for it? Are we the meaning not, we associate to exactly, it? Exactly. Are we learning from them all? I always mm-hmm. tell people when you make a mistake because this is what keeps people from doing things. One of the things that keep people from procrastinating that keeps them procrastinating is they they don't they're fearful what other people would say. And you yep. look at a child and they'll fall 50, times before they learn how to be able to walk, but they don't give up and they still, they don't say, oh, okay, I'm not gonna walk. Yeah. But it, we what do we what happens? We go through one course and we try a sales presentation, it doesn't work, and we're like, okay, that's it. You know, I don't wanna look bad. And yeah. that keeps us, I do this training a lot here in, um, in Hollywood, helping actors speed read scripts and memorize their lines. And I remember I was uh, Jim Carrey's and I was helping him with the project. And we were in... Um, in his kitchen, making brain food, guacamole, and everything else, and I asked him this question. I was like, why do you, going back to motivation, why do you do what you do? And he looks at me, he's like, Jim, I act like a complete fool on camera, so extreme, because I want people who are watching, I wanna give them permission to be themselves. Yes. And, I, and he calls it, he wants to free people from the concerns of other people. And it's interesting, because going back to the biggest regret people have, is they're so concerned, and so we we play small. And I always tell people make mistakes because it's a fear of making mistakes and looking bad. Make mistakes old. So mistakes number one O stands for own the mistake. Own it. Be responsible for it. Don't blame other people. Mm-hmm. If you if you could fix it, fix it. If you could apologize, if you hurt somebody, apologize L. for it. Own it. The L in old. I like acronyms. Obviously, the L stands for learn from it because that's what mistakes are there for. Right. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's not. People always think failure is the opposite of success, but we know that failure is part of success. It's absolutely part of it. And part of it is when we make mistakes, we get feedback that allows us to change course and we learn from it and then we grow. So make sure you learn from that mistake well, what, and ask yourself, what are the lessons here? And then the, the D in old, once you own it, once you learn from it, the D is don't repeat them. Yeah. Because if you make a mistake once, it's a mistake. But if you make it again, and again and again, it's a choice. Yes. Right. So that's it's why you. exactly. So yeah. don't 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 repeat them. Make sure you. And that's what I'm saying. Going back to remember what you want to remember: your life, your loved ones, and your lessons. Is when you learn a lesson, don't repeat it and use it to be able to, to help other people. So that's going back to positive peer groups. So number yes. one, the five things: good brain diet. Number two, move. Number three, be conscious of who you spend time with. Because on the opposite side, if you're around people that inspire you, that are achieving, that are playing at a high level, because here's the thing. It's the thermostat, man. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that's the metaphor metaphor I I, I live my life by. Yes. It's the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer on the wall just reacts to the environment yes and that's that's a crappy life yeah if you're just reacting all the time and mm-hmm. we as human beings we react some, to the weather we react to the economy sometimes we react to the politics we react to how someone treats us yeah. but to the degree we're successful and i don't just mean financially i mean just happy and joyful is to the degree we maintain agency yes we, you know, we have that sovereignty and that power and that's a thermostat mm-hmm. a thermostat is different than a thermometer a, th- a thermometer reacts to the environment a thermostat Sets it. It sets it. It sets a standard. It sets a goal. It sets a vision. And then the environment raises to be able to meet that. And that's why if you're listening to this right now, I'm willing to bet you identify more with the thermostat than a the thermometer because you wouldn't be listening to how to be able to learn faster and improve your sales and be able to be a better, you know, just human and more productive if you felt like you were just reacting to things. You, you. you are doing the work. And so I would say positive peer group is really important. And finally, the la- the last two I would say to really optimize your brain, I'll say sleep. Yes, Because people don't realize this. From a cognitive standpoint, Three reasons why you wanna prioritize sleep. We all know how we feel the next day after we got a bad night's sleep, right? You can't think, you can't make good decisions, you can't focus, but when you sleep, three things that are important for your brain. Number one, it consolidates short to long-term memory. So that's actually, if you have long-term memory issues, check in with your sleep. The second thing is the reason why you wanna sleep is it cleans out black. It cleans out plaque that leads to brain aging, degenerative challenges that we have. And so that's sewage system gets kicked on when we're sleeping. But the third reason you wanna sleep, and this is kind of a fun one no one ever talks about, it's your dreams. And so part of my daily routine, the very first thing I do every morning is remember my dreams. Now the reason why is because we will, we'll spend about 20 years of our life sleeping, three to five years completely dreaming and that's a lot of years, and here's the thing. What we know with the latest brain science is saying is that if you're a student and you're learning all day or you're an entrepreneur and you're solving problems, your brain doesn't shut off at night. If anything, in some ways, it's more active, and people don't realize that, and what is it active doing? It's actually not only consolidating short to long-term memory, but it's coming up with solutions and ideas, and people don't realize this, but so many inventions, works of art, literature, music came from dream states yep. so mary shelley came up with frankenstein in her dream paul mccartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream uh, elias howe created the sewing machine in his dream A chemist came up with the periodic table in his dream you know jack nicholas you know he was shooting about 75 and he didn't know what's going for, for for extended period of time and he had a dream one night and all and he changed his grip and he could see it and feel it and the next day he shot 64. You know, so like our, our dreams are very telling. Do you know that
0: Napoleon Hill came up with the title Think and grow rich from a dream? Really? But he intentionally activated it. He said to his unconscious mind, tonight is the night, tomorrow's the deadline. You will find me the perfect title for this book.
1: I just got goosebumps. It was, I like, literally had goosebumps. I, I, I see it. I mean, it's, I, I call them truth bumps. Yes. Like that's amazing. Yes. Right. But, yeah. but
0: that's, I think that's the missing thing is that most people don't recognize you can tell your brain, I want you to work on this tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for you, people are like, how do you get up at four forty-five in the morning or four o'clock in the morning? Like, how do you do that? I'm like, before I go to bed, I tell myself, I wake up at 4am alive, excited, and full of energy. I'm going to sleep well tonight. I'm going to have four deep REM cycles. You know what I mean? I, I'm telling myself that like, yeah. that's my evening shutdown, you know, a little, like a little tea chill and then tell my brain what to do.
1: I love that. Like, do you do? you call I, 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 I do, I, mean, I do. Yeah. When I wake up first thing in the morning, the first thing I do in my daily routine out of my 10 things is I, uh, I remember my dreams. Yeah. But- I did a whole episode on six different things you could do to remember your dreams. Mm-hmm. And the D stands for decide. Yes. Most people never make yes. a decision. That's why most people don't remember names. They never decide, oh, I'm gonna remember that person's name.
0: Yes, it's important to me now. It well, is, exactly. Oh, yeah.
1: And a real decision as opposed to like a preference or an interest, it'll be nice how I remember their names. Yeah. But if you if you decided, and then the, um, the R, well, I won't go through it. The A actually is affirming, exactly yes. what you're saying. Affirming yes. the night before that you're going to dream and you're going to have these kind of dreams and solve these kind of problems. It's amazing. People realize how powerful their mind was. It's, it's incredible. So what I would say prioritize sleep and there's so many different sleep hacks out there. You know, like my friend, Dr. Michael Bruce is a sleep doctor and, and he talks about five different things on my show to be able to optimize your sleep. Number one, and it's number one through five. Number one is, uh, one schedule, meaning always go to sleep, ideally yep. the same time and wake up at the same time. Even yep. on the weekends, don't yep. sleep in. Yep. Like literally keep on the one schedule. Number two, no caffeine past 2 p.m. Number three, no eating three hours before bedtime. Mm-hmm. Number four, no working out within the last four hours before you sleep, because you're stimulating yourself. And number five is give the sun a high for thing in the morning. So when you wake up, ideally watch the sun come up because it balances out your circadian rhythm. I, I was
0: just mm-hmm. in this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday, who he's so into this that he now wakes up to the sunrise and now he lives in Portland. And he says, basically, as the sun goes down at 7.30, mm-hmm. he said, we turn all the lights off in the house and we light candles. Amazing. And he's like, and we go to sleep. You know, we walk around, you blow out all the candles. And he's like, and we go exactly. to sleep at nine o'clock. He wakes up at, you know, four thirty, five five o'clock in the morning every day. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's following the circadian rhythm,
1: right? It's extremely powerful. It and, and then.
0: And this guy is a genius, brander, marketing guy, like super out of the box. And
1: that's what I'm saying. Genius leaves clues. No matter what your area of genius is, if it's art, it's technology, it's fashion, what have you, you know, as a journalist, whatever it is, it's just their patterns. Yeah. And that's really what genius for me is, is pattern recognition and seeing, you know, in sales, you see things other people just don't see. Yes. And then when you point them out, it's like, oh, now I, now I see that. And then you can never look at it the same way or act the same way around it. All of our clients listen to
0: this. We talk about R&D, right? In the traditional corporate America. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, you mean like, uh, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. Rip off and duplicate. Right. right? Rip off, find, find the patterns that are working. Right. We we say run plays that work Mm -hmm. and stop doing dumb shit. Right. right, like exactly. Run plays at work, fine. Like Jim runs a play, it works. Mm-hmm. He's super healthy. He's got a great life. He's right. got a, you know, I'm going to run that play. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like over and over and over, and get used to that. Used to running plays at work.
1: And that's the fastest way to accelerate is yeah. to have a mentor, have a coach to be able for to sure. show, to be able to guide us through that process. And so sleep, optimize it, and then yep. the, the, the other thing. So we're always talking about to do, when not to do. You know, the foods to eat and the foods not to eat, and that and everything else. Um, what I would say is for this is don't look at screens late at night Yes, because the blue light that's emitted off of a laptop, off of an iPad, off of your phones, it... It tricks your brain into th- thinking it's still daylight, mm-hmm. and it, you you cease the production of melatonin, which helps you to relax and be able to fall asleep. Or if you're going to do those things, like use flux or iris or something yes. that pulls the yeah. blue light out of there, go or, to the black and white screen, exactly, yep. or wear the the blue blocking glasses or something yep. like that. Um, and you know, and so all those things are really important. So what I would say is, um, so that's number four. What's five? What's number five? Yeah. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the one we were in transition that you mentioned. Let's talk about killing ants. Yes, perfect. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Automatic negative yep. thoughts. And that's a term by our mutual friend, Dr. Daniel Amen. Yep. Um, so it's, so ants are, killing ants is clinically proven to be good for your brain. And ants are So against, say it again, ants, what's an ant again? Automatic negative thoughts. And yes. so this is that critic inside that was just like, oh, you know, I have I have the broken brain. I'm not smart enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Yep. And you know, I, the reason again, is if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. I um I believe I I, growing my last name really is quick. I didn't change it to do what I do. My father's name was quick. My grandfather's name was quick. My life was pretty much planned out. I um I have to be careful when I'm driving because, you know, you don't want to get pulled over speeding because you're not going to talk You're not going to sure, talk sure away. as sure, deep. quick, you're going 90. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I had to be a runner back in school, so I, I run, which is a lot of pressure when, you know, name is quick. Yes. Um, but I, was, I remember I was preparing for a marathon and I was reading a book on the preparation, the training of it, because I'd never done it before. And I was looking at one of the chapters was the psychology. That's what I was very interested mm-hmm. in, because I'm, I'm a runner, so I could, I feel good there, but I didn't, what was the mindset? And it said this in the first paragraph, verbatim, because I'm a memory expert. It said, your brain is like a supercomputer, and your self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. Here's the thing. man. That is so powerful. It is. Your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program a supercomputer not to. And what I always tell people is this, if you realized how powerful your thoughts, your words, your self-talk was, you wouldn't, if you, I forget that. If you didn't realize how powerful your brain and your mind was, you wouldn't say or think something you didn't want to be true. And I'll I'll say that again, because that's that's worth posting, tagging us both in it, is just, if you realized how powerful your mind was, you wouldn't say or think something you didn't want to be true and because all thoughts become things. And it's not to say that if you have one bad, negative thought, it's gonna ruin your life any more than eating that donut we talked about would, but it's the Mm -hmm. consistency of it, because our thoughts are that powerful, our imagination is so powerful. They did this study, it's it's crazy. Um, I was doing a talk in Sardinia, it's one of the blue zones, these handful of of zones around the globe that have the most centurions, people leaving 100 and, and above, and I was doing a talk on longevity, and I quoted a study done by, by Ellen Langer out of Harvard University. In 1979, she was spending time at senior centers, much like I do. And she was like, this is, this is not a really vibrant place to live your last days. And she did an experiment where she took eight of the gentlemen out and put them into a, a redecorated monastery. So it wasn't nineteen seventy nine. She decorated as if it was nineteen fifty nine. And so these gentlemen got out of the van and they they a lot of them had canes and they were they were kind of struggling to get into their there. But they were told this I want you just to pretend it's nineteen fifty nine again. So when they walked into their living quarters, they had television shows, black and white television shows from nineteen fifty nine. The cover of Time magazine was from nineteen fifty nine with that current news. They took all the mirrors out of there so they couldn't see themselves. And they were told for just the next week, just pretend, live 1959. 1959. And before they put them in there, they tested their biomarkers. Mm-hmm. They tested their, their senses, their sense of sight, their sense of hearing, they tested their focus, their memory, they tested their, they tested their strength, their physical strength. They took a picture of them before they went in. And then at the end of seven days, they came back. And it was this like, it was like that movie Cocoon. They were just like, it's so interesting. When they came back, they tested them. Um, they were they're physically stronger. They had better eyesight. They had better sense of hearing. And cognitively, they had better focus and a better memory after just seven days of living in that environment, listening to that music. Yep. And that's how powerful your mind is. And they also took a second picture of them when they came out. And a lot of them, they came out, they, they, did, they weren't using their canes or anything. So it's, it's, like, it's like this, it's amazing. You could look at the study, because they've replicated this in, in London, in, in the UK, they've replicated in, in, in South Korea. Um, but they took pictures of them and they showed the focus group before and after photos and they said, which one's the older photo? you know. And they all thought it was the the most recent photo because they actually looked younger also as well. Bang and out. that's the power of our thoughts. That's the power of our imagination. And what I would say is you have to, you control this, right? And it, it's never gonna be perfect. So the goal is not perfect. It's just progress. Just like with our diet, it's never perfect. So So many people are so stressed out with their diet, it cancels any positive effects it's having because they're so... You know, you have so much um, anxiety around it. Same thing with your thoughts. You know, your thoughts, keep them as positive as possible. You want to be able to kill those ants. Now, how do you you go about doing that is really the question, right? So, a couple of tools, and we've all heard these things before. So, I'm just going to encourage you to do them common sense
0: to common practice. Exactly. So, here's
1: one one of the the ways. Mm -hmm. So, meditation is, is a powerful tool. I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes a day. And for me, it's not about Becoming all Zen and going to different astral planes. Nothing about that. It's about me separating me. It's a training that allows me to know I'm not my thoughts. Because people think that meditation is, uh, my meditation coach, Emily Fletcher, just has has a book called Stress Less, Achieve, Accomplish More. I had her on my show and she was like, meditation, the enemy of meditation is not thought you know we, you can't shut off your thoughts any more than you could shut off your heart beating that your brain that's what it's meant to do yeah. just like your heart's meant to beat so people don't meditate because they have this you know objection saying oh no I can't do it because I have all these thoughts no if you have thoughts you're working that's that's what's supposed to happen the enemy is not thoughts the enemy is actually effort and so this the goal here is for you to surrender and and to see these thoughts come in and see them leave because it helps you realize you are not your thoughts and so there's a gap between stimulus and response where there's an infinite amount of possibility. And so meditation helps you to be able to separate you from those negative thoughts. Another thing that I would recommend is something that I call ABRA. Really simple technique. ABRA, again, four letters, A-B-R-A. The A stands for, okay, you have a negative thought or you have some kind of pain or discomfort in your body. The A is you acknowledge it. Because a lot of times pain in our body or thoughts Mm -hmm. get louder and louder and louder because we're resisting it. And so this this part of yourself is is trying to amplify the pain. Or it's like like a lot of times when I take cold baths, like Mm -hmm. I take cold showers or I take ice baths. I hate the cold, I hate the cold, but I do it in the morning because I want to get myself to do difficult things, yep. I want to be able to yep. lower inflammation in my body, yep. and that's cold therapy, right? It's just science. It's You hit your knee on the coffee table, you put ice on it, because it reduces inflammation, it reduces swelling. Well, we have swelling, inflammation in our bodies that keep us from feeling joy and keep us from performing. So cold showers or cold baths allow you to do that. But I, like when I'm in the ice bath, you know, with Wim Hof and everything, it's, I hate it, but then, also, I feel like I'm in more pain and suffering because I'm, I'm trying to suppress it. But yeah. when I acknowledge it, I'm like, okay, then it doesn't have to scream yeah. you know, to get my attention. And so I feel like a lot of our negative thoughts, acknowledge them, because yeah. what you resist persists, right? If you, you know, the same thing with sales or anything else, that people just fight harder. And um, you know, our unconscious will fight for those things also as well. So, so the A in ABRA stands for acknowledge it, don't fight it. And the B stands for breathe, because the way, you know, your, autonomous, your this ner- autonomous nervous system that we have, right? We have this parasympathetic, sympathetic kind of state. And you want to spend as much time in parasympathetic because that's your rest, your digest, your repair, your recovery. Most people are just amped up all the time, which is really hard for them to be able to sleep and be able to perform. And that's why meditation, all these things, are helping you to down regulate and de-excite your nervous system. Breathing is a very powerful tool because it's something you do consciously and unconsciously. So it's unconscious, you always do it, but when we add conscious attention to it, yeah. it allows us to bridge that gap between the conscious and unconscious, if you will, metaphorically. And so breathing, so what I would do is like, I have a negative thought, oh, I'm not good at remembering names, I would I would fight it, I would acknowledge it, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't try to not think about it, because if I try not to think about it, I'm gonna think about it even more. And then I would just kind of breathe into that space where I feel like that thought is, or that pain is, right? Because breath is that powerful tool. And then the the R is I'll actually, release and what i mean is when i'll breathe into that area of my body or that thought on then i'll on exhale i'll release it so i'll inhale mm-hmm. limitlessness i'll inhale possibility i'll limit i'll inhale you know grace or or, or wisdom and then i'll exhale Limitations. I'll exhale those complaints. I'll exhale like anything that's holding me back in the process. So that's where the release comes. If, I'm, if I have some kind of pain in my body, I'll breathe into that area and then I'll just release it out. And then finally, the A in Abra, and the last A stands for align. And align really is coming back to your truth because a lot of times when we're in pain or we have negative thoughts, we're not integrated and aligned. We're not completely congruent. And I would align back to what usually whatever the opposite is to what I was thinking or feeling yes. how yeah. aligned back to my true nature Go back to what you want exactly back and, and back to what I want and back to what I, what I am what mm-hmm. I truly am mm-hmm. in in terms of, of who I really am that's that's not buried underneath the opinions and expectations and all this other this other junk right um, and so th- but my point in even just bringing this up on a scale of 0 to 10 you know going back to this how good is your diet on a scale of zero to 10, how much are you moving on a scale of zero to 10? How much are you getting, you know, deep sleep, you know, zero to 10? How good is your peer group? Yep. You know, and then finally zero to 10, you know, how many, you know, how positive is our, is our thoughts Yeah. and what, what's going on in, in there?
0: I just think of I uh, remember Dr. Jose Silva, Silva mind control method. Mm-hmm. Like I was so young like, I got this audio program sent to me from Nightingale Conant. Cassette hey, tapes. hey Tom, check out this program. And and I obsessed over it. The mm-hmm. whole drunk monkey metaphor. Like, you know, you've never let a drunk monkey loose in your house. Like, like, why would you let your thoughts just go run free, right? Like, yeah. you have to learn to control them. the thing that I've used forever is stop, right? Just, you know, like yeah. negative thought, negative thought. Just stop. And people are like, exactly. why is that guy walking down the street talking to himself? And I'm like, the good news is now we all have headsets in, so no one cares, yeah, right? But in the <laughs> old days, I'd be like, stop. And all, I was just telling my mind, okay, I've had yeah. enough of that. Time to move on, right? And then get back to what I'm committed to.
1: And it's great because you're you're breaking that that, that breaking the pattern. pattern. Exactly, yeah. you're interrupting it, and so that's really powerful. Even a word like yet is very powerful. Yes, you know, uh, I don't have a great memory, and just adding this word yet, yet. because it maintains the, poss- uh-huh. the possibility of it. Words have, uh, as you know, they really affect our brain, right, yes. and how we process information. Even when people going back to gratitude, people say all the time, oh. You know, I got to pick up the kids. I got to work out. Oh, I really got to meditate. I really got to journal. I got to make those sales calls. But you change your got to get. Mm -hmm. One little letter from an O to an E. Also, I get to pick up my kids today. I get to work out. I get to meditate. I get to make these calls and affect these lives in in a positive way. It feels just different. And emotion, when we're always coming back to it, the key, all learning is state-dependent and the key is a lot of times you know if you want a long term memory information is forgettable but information times emotion becomes a long term yes. memory and that state really makes a difference just like people don't they don't buy logically they buy emotionally mm-hmm. right and they justify logically because we're not logical we're we're biological Everyone, right? Think about dopamine, oxytocin, yes. serotonin, endorphins—all these neurotransmitters work. This chemical soup, and and how do we access that in mean, ourselves and others? A great way of doing it is just through what we're talking about: power of imagination, the power of asking the right questions. You know, that's how we elicit these these, these feelings. And I would always come back to head, heart, hands. If there's if you're if you're self sabotaging, if you're procrastinating, you're not doing something with your hands, even mm-hmm. though you know it in your head. Yep. Check in with that second H, which is your heart. Going back to start with why, Simon yeah. Cynic, Right? Yep. Why Why are you here? What are your the conversation you and I were having before this conversation about what's most important to you in life? Exactly. What's your purpose? Exactly. You know, where are you on this planet? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And who do you need to be today to be you know, to be able to. To achieve that, you know, yeah. right now, and I would challenge everybody to ask themselves those same questions.
0: So let's How'd go. I? Let's hit the last one, and then I'm going to nail you with those five questions. Okay, I say nail like that's like I mean it let's as a positive it. way. So so we started this this journey by saying, hey, I wanted to introduce you guys mm-hmm. to Jim Quick. I've been obsessing over him for a couple of years. Finally got him inside the studio. So pumped. Uh, this has been like I'm like you, you see me. I'm taking notes. Like I'm I'm like oh that's I a great oh, <laughs> arc of perspective. Yes, shelf help versus self help. The three things we want to talk brain optimization, Mm -hmm. you crush that, the elimination of ants on point. Let's give them some super learning tips around like retaining more information, memory being key, whether it's maybe it's just names. Mm -hmm. I have clients that literally can drive through a community and go, I sold that one to this person, that person that like they know every person in every big shout out to Tim Smith. Every house, every person, even if he didn't do a transaction with them, he knows the backstory of every one of them. Yeah. Right? Like, how do they get to that? Because that, when you meet with a client, is so powerful. They're like, Mm -hmm. you're the all knowing knowledge broker. Exactly. You're the only person to work with when you have that base of information and knowledge.
1: Because it shows two things it shows your competency and it shows your caring. Yes. Because, and, and it goes hand in hand. When somebody remembers, not only, you know, all these different listings, but they remember you, they remember your spouse's name, your kids' names, your birthday. It just shows that they care, yes. that they're invested. Yes. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we've heard yep. this yep. so many times, but when we forget somebody's name, like what's the message we send to somebody? That they don't matter, yes. right? And that's not necessarily the case, but we just we haven't learned how. Yep. And that's it. So let's go into this. Let's
0: do yeah, how do we do names? Yeah. Let,
1: let let's unpack this. Hey, it's
0: Tom. Go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Three keys for remembering anything. I want everyone just to remember MOM, and these are the foundations. And if you've watched videos of me on YouTube or Facebook or listened to a podcast, some of this is a little bit of repetition. But here's the thing that keeps you from mm-hmm. mastery yep. it's saying, I know this already. You know what I mean? Oh, I know I should eat good food, or I know I gotta move and, and work out, or I know I gotta watch my peer group and I know I gotta sleep. But that's what robs you from like, the things that you want in life, the goals, the the desires the fulfillment, it's hidden in the things that you're just not doing, right? And that's the thing, when you get yourself to do, if you're just doing the easy thing, which is procrastinating, then life is hard. But if you're doing the hard things in life, life gets a lot easier. So do the difficult things. So here are some things. Three keys for a better memory. If you're ever forgetting something, one of these three things is missing, usually. The M, most people say they have trouble remembering names. I, I, w- I would guarantee you 95% of people listening to this conversation would say, yeah, that's me. I meet somebody, get their name, it just disappears. As soon as the handshake breaks, the name just falls right through the ground. Yep. Or if it's not a long-term, short-term issue, it's a sh- long-term. I'll be at the gym, somebody taps me, I'll turn around, I'll see someone I recognize, but for the life of me, I don't know who that person is, yes. right? So we know the name is the sweetest sound to a person's ears, right? And people, Maya Angelou said, people won't remember what you say, they won't remember what you did, they'll always remember how you made them Feel Right. So let's get to this. You have trouble remembering names. If you're listening to this, you might agree with that. But let's say there was a suitcase here of $2 million cash for you or your favorite charity tax free. If you just remember the name of the next stranger you meet. Tom, who's gonna remember that person's name? Uh, every, every single, single person. person on the planet. Exactly. So why is every single person listening now a memory expert all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Because as your brain coach, I'm going to call you on your BS. It's not true that you can't remember names, right? Because you just did, you know, you can remember because here's the thing. You don't remember all names, but you certainly don't forget all names. No. And genius leaves clues. So find out the method behind the magic. And you'd usually you remember names because the M is you're motivated. Yep. So that's the M and mom. You're motivated to remember your name because you remember people who could be good for your business. You remember somebody who, exactly. who could, you're attracted to. There's yep. motivation that's yep. there. And so my thing is, if, that's, if it's there when you remember a name, why not install that? So why not install it using the tool of questions? Questions are the answer. Ask yourself, why do I want to remember this person's name? I literally... Like when people see me do this in front of an audience, I'll have a lot of all these people stand up and then sit down when I call their name. But ask yourself, why do you want to train yourself? Because if you Mm -hmm. maybe it's to show the person respect, maybe it's to make a new friend, maybe it's to do some business, maybe it's to practice these things that I learned on this podcast. Because if you can't come up with one reason, what's going to happen? You won't. Because reasons reap results going back to the reasons, mm-hmm. starting with why. If you don't have a reason, you're not gonna get the results. So ask yourself, simple, so that what's the technique? When you're meeting somebody, ask yourself, take a moment, why do I wanna remember the person's name? And you bring intention there. The O in mom stands for observation, observation. A lot of people, they blame their retention. It's not your retention, it's your paying attention. Yes. And the art of memory is the art of attention. And I'm, you know, this is, I remember the second time I got to meet President Bill Clinton, and we were at a charity event. We only met one time a couple years before, and it was very brief. But I was sitting down at my table. I was the first one there, signed at this table. Then to the right of me sits Force Whitaker. And um, I'm such a big Force Whitaker fan. And next to him was Richard Branson. And then Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher's twin brother. and, And I didn't know he even had a twin brother. And then... President Clinton sits right next to me. And I'm like, you took a picture of that. I I, I had to put it on Instagram because people are like, who Photoshopped that Asian dude (laughs) in that photo? But I put the picture up there, and that's what most people were saying. But when I sat with him, he remembered my name. And I was really impressed. And I I was just like, okay, he knew who's sitting at this table. So somebody fed him that information. Then he picks up on the last conversation we had. And I was just like, okay, nobody nobody was listening to that. Nobody fed him that information. And here's the thing, you know, when he's talking to me, I was like, you know, I'm a memory guy. I was like, how do you do this? What do you do? And he tells me this story about his grandfather in Arkansas, gathering the, the children in the living room and would tell stories. But afterwards he would do something different. He would really deeply like quiz every single one of them to see if they're paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and was interesting when he was telling me all this, I was noticing he was talking to me. It was an eerie feeling in a positive way But also a little bit scary because he was like focused right on me. You know, when you go to events, sometimes you don't have that person's focus. You can tell they're looking over your shoulder. They're like out here. Like who's more important in this this room? Who's walking? Or if they're not looking around, they're inside their own mind. Yeah. Like they're not listening. They're waiting for their turn to speak. Bingo. Or or they're thinking about how they're going to reply and respond. And we know Stephen Covey seven habits highly affected people another habit is seek first to understand then Mm -hmm. to be understood yes and uh not so much about being interesting but more interested about somebody and i noticed he was just fixated on me when he's telling me these stories and he has this very powerful presence right and i think his incredible you know he's got charisma he's got great connector he's a great communicator but i think his incredible memory and his powerful presence with people comes from being powerfully present with people I'll say that again, that his incredible memory mm-hmm. and his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present. And that's something that's not reserved to him or anybody else. Like we could just be present that's with people.
0: That's a learned skill.
1: Exactly. And learned that's skill. something that comes through intention. Yeah. And then just think about what I'm talking about, the M and the O, motivation and observation. Motivation is just caring about a person mm-hmm. to remember them. Observation is just being present with them. I yes. mean, this is just a good recipe for being a good human being, Yeah. right? And so that's what I feel like, You know, without even getting to the last M stands for the mechanics. But going back to presence, it's just listening to the person, right? If everyone just mentally wrote the word listen in their mind and did this little brain exercise, move the letters around, it spells another word perfectly, listen. It spells the word silent. And I'm just saying, just be silent with somebody, just be be there with somebody. Mm -hmm. And that, those two things, if people, even in sales, if people feel motivated, like, like they, they know, I mean, their motivations, they feel like they, that person cares for them and that they're present with them. I mean, that's like more than half of it. Yes. But the last M stands for mechanics. And mm-hmm. those are the the, the tactics, those are the strategies, those are the skills on how to learn another language, how to read reti- three times faster, how to remember names, how to do all these things. So one of the things I do in business is I talk about, to remember names is be suave, B-E, suave. And so the B, I love acronyms obviously. Because remember back in school we learned like Roy G Biv of, of course. The Great yeah. Lakes are homes like yep. Huron, Ontario, yep. Michigan, Erie yep. Superior. So very memorable. Be suave. So next time you're at your next event or you're meeting somebody for the first time, then you're looking in the mirror, checking your makeup or checking your you know, your outfit, what you're wearing, say I'm gonna be suave. And then the B stands for believe. Because mm-hmm. as we talked about, if you believe you can and believe you can't, either way you're right. Henry Ford said that. And so believe that you can do that, this is possible, right? Um, the E is exercise. And I don't mean, pra- I don't mean um, like physical exercise, yeah. but although we talked about that, people who are ment- more physically active do better on mental acuity tests. Yep. People who are more physically active, they'll have better focus and creativity, all these, and memory and so on. What's good for your heart, good for your head again. But I mean exercise as in practice, because practice makes progress. Practice makes permanent, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would say practice this because the bad news is it takes effort. The good news, not as much as you think. I mean, I'm, I'm very good at remembering names, but after the first 60 days of doing this, yeah, I don't get, you know, once you know how to park a car, or once exactly. you know how to be able to type, you know how Automatic to do it, pilot. it's a skill, yep. like anything. Yep. And so that's my thing, is there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and untrained memory. And this is just, you're doing skill acquisition, mm-hmm. right? So 21, 30, 66 days, whatever, whatever you buy in, in terms of creating new habit, there's a way of, of accelerating that, that, that we teach. But the idea is consistency, because consistency compounds, and little by little, a little becomes a lot. Just do a little bit each day, and then you get you get better and better and better. And then that's where the speed and the confidence comes. There's a psychology. There's a confidence-confidence loop that the more confident – if you could play like Tiger Woods, yeah. you'd be more confident, and then you play more, and you get more confident, and so on. So that's positive momentum. So I would say exercise, meaning practice, these strategies. The suave. S is you say the name. Mm-hmm. You meet someone for the first time, and you say – Tom, it's great to meet you. The reason why you say it is you want to make sure going back to the O that you observed it correctly. Yes. Because it lots of times we're at networking functions or we're at a wedding, it's loud. You don't want to say goodbye, Todd, when the person's name is Tom, yeah. right? You want to get corrected up front. So you say the name. The U in suave stands for use the name. Now you want to use it, not abuse it. So because... Tom, it's so great to be here today. Tom, what do you want to cover today? Tom, do you want to get some lunch here? It becomes annoying, right? Exactly.
0: You're like, cheap memory trick.
1: Exactly. So you want to use it three or four times in the context of the conversation, because the repetition does help to get that auditory memory, right? So you want to use it. The A in suave, this is a powerful one, is ask. Ask. Because what's everyone's favorite subject?
0: (laughs) themselves exactly it's not <laughs> entrepreneurship and and, yeah. it's,
1: and it's it's not property it's, it's, it's not travel it's themselves yeah and this is a great tactic a usable, practical Mm -hmm. tactic you could do when you meet somebody who has a name you haven't heard before. Yes. So you meet someone named Afzal, you meet someone named Rittiger, you maybe haven't heard before, what can you ask about a person's name? Hey, what's the origin of that? Yeah, exactly. Cool name, what's the origin, where are you from? Yeah, where are you from, how do you spell it, who are you named after, what does it mean? Yes. I I remember I was doing training for the country's largest life insurance company, and there was about 100 something people in the room, and the training director's name was Nankita. Nankita. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful name. How do you spell it? Where's is, where's is it from? And I was like, what does it mean? And she paused. I was like, what, what does it mean? And she she looked at all her co-workers and she says it means graceful falling waters. And I was like, Yeah. And I and, and her co-workers yeah. her co-workers had the same kind of reaction, right? And and based on that, I was like, wait a second. Um, how long have you worked here in Nikita? She was like four or five years with a lot of these people. Like, yeah, a lot of good friends here at my wedding. And I'm like, that's interesting. I was like, ra- to the audience, I was like, raise your hand if you knew that's what her name meant. Out of 100-something people, how many people raised their hand? I'm guessing zero. Yeah, nobody yeah. knew that's what her name is. And if a name is the sweetest, and that was like a 10-year client. Yes. I'm not saying it was just, but that, just remembering somebody's yes. name. Yep. Again, it's like, thinking about the, we talk about, Information times emotion is a long-term memory. Think about the emotion associated with your name. It's probably one of the first words you learn how to spell. Think about what the, your parents loved you, how much love and, mm-hmm. and, and, and cheering you got from to be able to do it, you know, kind of crappy, right? But you still get, you Do you, you attach that emotion to your name. And so I would say, going going back to this, ask about a person's name, you know, and especially if this name you haven't heard before and it's the sweetest sound to their ears and they'll love it. Then finally, the V and the E in suave. The V is visualize. And what I mean by that is, I bet people who are listening to this that they're better with faces than they are with names. Mm-hmm. You need to go to somebody, you say, I remember your face, but I forgot your name. Yes. You never go to somebody to say the opposite. You never go to someone to say, I remember your name, but I forgot your face. <laughs> that wouldn't even make any <laughs> sense, right? But yeah. here's the thing, we tend to remember what we see because our yes. visual cortex is, is larger um, in our brain. There's a Chinese proverb that goes, what I hear, I forget, what I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. What I hear, I forget. I heard the name, I forgot the name. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember the face. And what I do, going back to exercise, practice, mm-hmm. practice makes the progress, right? And so, knowing that, if you tend to remember what you see, then try seeing what you want to remember. And this is an easy mnemonic, like fun game you'd play when you meet somebody. You take their name and you pretend it's Pictionary. Remember, you have to try to get the person to say the word without just by making pictures or sound alike. You drawing an ear. So, if a person's name is Mark. You just imagine for a split second when you're, you know, hand shaking their hand, that you're putting a little check mark on their forehead, and you're like, Jim, that's so childish. But who really are the fastest learners? Kids. Kids. I Kids. mean, they're so playful, yes. right? But in, and that's the key for learning is that play and that curiosity, and they ask questions, and they have the sense of they have a sense of wonder, right? And children, you know, when I said play the other day, it's like, I don't play anymore because I grew, I'm older. I was like, No, no, actually, I think you you grew older because you stopped playing. You know because it's a mindset so you have to be playful here and use the power of your imagination because that's really you know one of our ultimate superpowers because especially where jobs are going I mean I'm like jobs are going to three A's artificial intelligence this is like not even disputed mm-hmm. artificial intelligence can take a lot of jobs automation yeah think about all the software and then computers are what they're able to do um, and then Asia <laughs> Meaning like it's being outsourced, yes. right? And so what makes us inherently valuable as human beings is the power of our mind. And I would, I would double down on things like creativity, your yep. ability to solve problems. Yep. I would double down on things like strategy, mm-hmm. right? and I would double down on imagination. These yes. imaginations is what, you know, like you and many of your listeners have done, you take the invisible that's in your mind and then you make it visible, Yes, right? I mean, that that's leadership. And using the power of imagination and having vision, you know, shared vision in a culture, it's, it's extremely powerful. So I would say, that, you know, these kind of things we're talking about are exercising your creativity, exercising your imagination, ex- exercising your strategy, because these are, here's, here, here's the biggest takeaway, all right? You ready for the biggest takeaway for this conversation? Your life changes when you take nouns and you turn them into verbs, meaning we hypnotize ourselves with our language by our self-talk saying things like, oh, I don't have focus today. I don't have have motivation. I don't have creativity. I'm tired. Right, exactly. But these are things that people say that they they are, they have, Mm -hmm. but these aren't things you have. These are things you do. Bingo. You don't have energy, you do energy. You do things that give you energy, the thoughts, the physiology, the foods. You don't have motivation, you do motivation. You don't have focus, you do focus. You don't have creativity, you do creativity. You don't even have a memory, you do a memory. Literally, you create new connections and and reinforce connections and you, you encode it, you store it and then you retrieve it. There's a process and so my goal is always showing people the process of how to do these things but you can never do those things if you believe they're static and they're fixed. You either have it or you don't. You wake up and say, Oh, I hope I have drive today, or I hope I have, you know, like creativity so I could write and make videos today. That mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And so the goal is when the benefit of turning into a verb, it gives you agency and gives you your sovereignty back because it gives you the power to do something, you know, as opposed to being on the effect and you're, you're back at being a thermometer again. Yes. And so going back to this for visualization, what you're doing is you're taking someone's name like mike and all of a sudden you take a split second and just sing. imagine them jumping on the table singing karaoke on a microphone Right, and it's really silly, but it's just like that's what uses our senses, our imagination, mm-hmm. and when we remember it better than something else. And even if when it doesn't work, it still works because it gets you to focus. Number one, on the person, bingo, and it gets you to focus on you the name, create an association because you right? don't it's, exactly yes. Because here's the reason. Here's the villain in this in this scenario. You you have to overcome what I call the six second rule. The six second rule is somebody tells you something or like their name, mm-hmm. you have six seconds to do something with that information, otherwise. Your your short term memory, your working memory is just going to discard it. Yes. Right. So by trying to take that name, turn it into a picture, it forces you to look at the person. It forces you to think about you know originally on that on that mm-hmm. uh, observe that person. So that gives you an original observation on that. And so if person name is Mary, you meet Mary. Imagine she's you're getting married, or imagine she's carrying two lambs, like Mary had a little lamb. Yes. I meet someone named Bob, and I, I think like all oh, that person in a split second bobbing for apples. You know, I meet someone named Rich, and he has got like. All this kind of money in his pocket, right? Tom, you know, so everybody has something yes. for Dave. I, David, I use a slingshot because of David and David and Glia, right? So I have the, uh, these kind of someone's name's Carol. Imagine them Christmas caroling or something like that, and so it gives you something to do. And then when you're at an event and you see the 20 people, you see all these images, and when you're saying goodbye to this woman, you're like, oh, she was. Wearing the the bride's dress, or she was she was wearing, she was wearing, you know, she's carrying the, the the lambs. What's yeah. her name? Mary. Yeah. And then once you know the information, you maybe you work with Mary. You've had a couple meetings. You know her name's Mary. Then the picture disappears. Yeah. Because there are means to an end. It was just meant to hold it there to keep your, your imagination, creativity, your strategy here. And then once you know the end result, then the picture disappears. You know, it's to overcome the six second rule. So that's a V. So person's name is to so visualize. Person's name is John. You could picture whatever you think of when you think of John. But finally, the E and suave stands for end. Mm-hmm. End. And what I mean by that, just like how at the beginning you say the name in the beginning, you you end with the name. Meaning if you could walk into a room of 20 strangers and leave saying goodbye to every single one of them by name, then who are they all going to remember? 1,000% you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like it. That, he's
0: so cool. Yeah. What is it about that guy? Absolutely. We love her.
1: And that, that makes you yeah. unforgettable.
0: Of course. because
1: Because right. that's the other thing. It's not just... It's not just what you know. Yes, you can mm-hmm. learn faster using these yes. strategies. Yes. And and yes, you want to be an expert at your field and in yes. your market. But it's also who you know. But it's not just who you know. It's who knows you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means by being unforgettable, you know, showing at a level of caring, at a level of presence, at a level of skill.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd add an E to all of your A's on the superpowers of humans going forward. And that is empathy, Mm -hmm. empathy. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's wrap it with, this has been insanely great. We're like, how much time is it going to take? It's like, it's going to take as long as it takes. Right. So this is perfect. I, uh, I mentioned to you before we got started that, um, I've had a lot of mentors I I know as you have as well. And one of my mentors is this guy named Mike Vance, who I've talked about a lot. I wrote about him in my second book, uh, he, he was the one that when I asked Mike, man, you, you worked with Walt Disney, you, you, you were friends with, you talked to mother Teresa once a month. And that call usually was right after a call with Jack Welch. Right. So he was, you know, like you're talking to neutron Jack and then, you know, like take over the world and save the world like in an hour. Right. He, he was side by side with Steve jobs from the origin of Apple all the way through uh, until Steve's death. Um, Arguably Walt Disney called him the most creative man in the world. Like, like he he said, like wow. that is his superpower. And like coming from a guy like Walt Disney, like that's that's pretty insane. Made him uh his his business card at, at Walt Disney when he was there was uh he's in charge of ideas uh and people. Like just come up with good ideas, wow. help people. Like how much how much fun would that job be, right? For a person like Walt Disney. When I met with him, I was at a transition of my life it was 2001. It was, uh, pre nine 11. And I was just in this place. Like, like, what am I doing? Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like every, every listener has been there before. Like I've been working, I've been working, I've been working, I've been raising a family, but like, like the outside looks successful, but inside I wasn't feeling right. Hmm. Right. So, so I checked all the boxes of quote unquote success. Um, but internally I was in conflict. So I reached out to Mike and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to come see you. And many people have heard this story before, I right? Listed all these questions in my journal and I only got to one question. I said, Mike, you, you, you worked with Mother Teresa. You, you, know, you helped Steve Jobs. You worked with Jack Welch when he was in the choo-choo division of GE, though it was the way he described it. You were Walt Disney's right-hand guy. You invented the salad bar. You, you coined the term, think outside of the box. Like you, I mean, you did all these insanely great things. I'm like, what did all those people have in common? And he said, "Tom, they all answered the five fundamental questions, and they lived by them."
1: Wow! And okay. I
0: literally flip, 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 flip in my journal, and I'm like, this "Is it?" What are the five questions? I it took me a year and a half to really get clear on the five. Okay. But I want to challenge you because you're just an extraordinary dude. So you ready?
1: Okay, Question number okay. one. Is everyone gonna do this with us too? Everybody everybody that's All listening right.
0: has to answer these questions. Question okay. number one, why are you on this planet? What is your purpose?
1: Okay, so I grew up with the, as the boy with the broken brain. So my purpose is to build better, brighter brains. It really is, and it's not $1 billion, it's 1 billion brains. No yes. brain left behind. Yeah, And I really do believe that our passion is what lights us up. So what lights me up is learning. But purpose is how we use that passion to light up other people. And so that's teaching people how to learn how to learn.
0: I love it. Question number two. Big he, question. He, oh, it's, it's, and it's like you and I, like, first of all, everyone listening, he knew the answer. If you're sitting here right now and you have not taken the time to figure out mm-hmm. why in the world am I on this planet? Yeah. It is so, it, it, I, you forget like how many people have said, you know, like, you know, the biggest most important thing in life is Mm. figure out what your purpose is. Like, why are you on this planet? Like Buddha. And and I totally, you know, destroyed that version of his quote, but everyone knows the second question he said to me was, what do you value? Like, Mm. what are your values? So if I said, you just, Jim, what are the top five, six, seven things? Like, what do you you. value?
1: Love in in order. Mm -hmm. My values are what I value most in life. Love, growth, contribution, adventure, those are like four solid for me. Yeah. So love, I'll do anything for my family and my friends. Yeah, because I believe that's that's why we're here is that connection that we have, growth. I want to be able to grow because the next value I have is so I have more to contribute. You know, and that used to be a little reversed because I was I put contribution over, you know, other things, and mm-hmm. then I, I realized that I was I was martyring myself. I didn't yes. have enough. My cup was empty. Yeah. So I grow. So love, family, friends. You know, our our community, growth. And then, so I have more to contribute. And then the last one i added recently, just the past couple of years is adventure, meaning I want to have fun in the process. Yes. yes. You know, this is something that, you know, we're here. And my, my message, you know, for people is just, you know, we have one life, you know, we're, we're here. It's just like, why aren't we running towards our dreams? Like we're on fire, Yes. you know? And so there, there's an urgency to that, but I also want to enjoy that process also as well. Great question. I love it. Okay,
0: question number three, he looked at me and he giggled and he said, they all know what their God-given talents are there. Like, they all know. And I would say, you know, for you, like, it's pretty obvious. Like, what's your superpower, Jim?
1: Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting because while it's learning and teaching, those mm-hmm. weren't – I mean, I think they're inherent in all of us. I agree. Um, but they were definitely earned. Yes. Like, I, 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 people realized how much work I put into it. Mm-hmm. But I really think when it comes down to it, I think empathy is really strong. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my – I believe that there's a gift in every struggle. Yeah. And me growing up, my two biggest struggles were learning and public speaking. Like I would do a book report, but if a teacher asked me to present in front of class, I would get my heart and soul in that book report, but I would be so terrified to get in front of a group because I was, when you feel like you're broken, you become very introverted and shy. or Closed down. Yep. And I didn't want it, the spotlight. So I would actually lie and say I didn't do the book report. And after the class left, I would throw it out in the trash along with everything else. So learning and public speaking were my biggest challenges, which is the universe has a sense of humor because that's what I do every day of my life is yes. public speak on this thing called learning. Yes. Um, but I, I've learned to ask myself, when I'm when I'm broken sitting in those classrooms when I'm five, six, seven years old, I I I didn't like to see people suffer. And so I would say my my the gift, if it mm-hmm. was something that was there early on, was empathy, meaning I could feel what other people are feeling. Because I know what it feels like to not be good enough, to feel like you're broken and I could identify suffering. And what drives me to do, even though I'm pain, you know, sometimes painfully shy and I'm very introverted, I do what I do because I if I know something that could help somebody with their suffering, then shame on me for not helping them. And so I feel like a moral obligation to do that, do this work, and that became my life's work. Yes. So I would say I would say empathy. Um, and that led me to learning and teaching and everything else like that.
0: That's beautiful. Question number four, he said to me, I remember I said, so what are all these people have in common? He said, they all decided exactly how their life was going to be the impact they were going to make. Hmm. Right. And you know, the story of mother Teresa, like she was invited by the church. We want to shower you with gold and put you in, you know, yeah. robes of silk. And she's like, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. Like I'm not going right. Like all that you, if you read her biography and yeah. all, everyone that wrote about her. So his thing was, so Jim, it's 20 years from now. How is the world experiencing you?
1: Oh, well, hopefully um, I'm still here. <laughs> you better be, you better be. <laughs> and um, what I would what I'd say is the ripple effect, I believe to raise the collective intelligence and wisdom of, and potential. I believe the ultimate quest that we're all on is to, to reach, to reveal, to realize our fullest potential. I think that's why we're here. So, if I could be a conduit for that, mm-hmm. the reason why I focus on the mind is because I feel like we're in the millennium of the mind, that we have all the answers in us already. And that if somebody is, I mean, with technology, it's amazing, Tom, that somebody, there could be a child listening to this right now, and they could be in a third world country listening to this on their phone, mm-hmm. and they could be, they could learn a couple of things, and they could be in the next. Nelson Mandela, yes. Malala, yeah. you know Elon Musk, or, what, or whatever, and they could solve some of the big challenges. Mother Teresa, and they're inspired to do so. And I, I like that kind of world because I believe in the butterfly effect. Twenty years from now, like all of us, you know, butterfly flaps its wings here, and it can create a tsunami halfway across the globe because of systems and complex systems and this ripple effect. And I believe everyone who's listening right now, what an amazing as us all flapping our metaphorical wings what we could do over 20 years in terms of making this planet a better place. And I feel like when I talk about superheroes, a superhero is somebody who's not only discovered and developed their superpowers, and I believe we are all have superpowers, not shooting lasers out of our eyes and leaping tall buildings, but we have unique abilities. Yes. We have talents, we yes. have skills, but just having a superpower doesn't make you a superhero. You have to use that power to serve. And so, I feel like everybody who's listening are modern day superheroes and we just have to step up to be able to, to do what we can to make the world a better place because we grow. So we have more to be able to contribute. So in 20 years, I would love to be part of that one, just one more butterfly that, that made it, that made a difference. That's
0: beautiful, man. That's so beautiful. The last question I asked or he asked me was, he said, they all basically decided who they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we, he's like, we remember it was the first time I saw somebody write down, be, do, have, mm-hmm. right? Versus the do, have, be, right? Yeah. The old model of the world, he said, everybody thinks they gotta do a lot to one day have a lot, so someday they could be, be happy, or be, be satisfied, be successful, whatever. And he said, if you just start with the right being choice, yeah. he said, I don't know, he said, I don't know if any of them were like conscious to it, like in the moment that they were deciding this, he said, but you know, you know the story of Walt Disney, you know the story of Steve Jobs, these are all super well-documented. At a certain point, they flipped the switch just like you did, you had this moment. Where you're like, "I'm not that kid with a broken brain." Mm. So the question is: Is there anything different in terms of who you would be 20 years from now than you are today?
1: I think the um, that's a great question, and I remember we had a whole, this whole conversation. A lot of it was power of questions in our yeah. life, and uh, seek and you you know ask and you shall receive. Um, what I would say. My answer would be, I feel like the reason we have struggles is it helps us to reveal who we really are. That it's not about necessarily adding more things; it's kind of getting rid of the the noise that's not that's not us. Mm-hmm. Meaning that people talk about post traumatic stress, and it's real. Um, and I've had you know a number of. Experiences, you know, and, you know, we all have had loss and challenges, um, but challenges could change us in a positive way. There is actually something called post-traumatic growth. People don't realize this, but a lot of people, I'm sure, could relate that you've went through some really hard times. You wouldn't wish it upon anybody, um, but you also wouldn't change it because you found a strength. You found a meaning. You found a life's purpose or a mission for yourself, and you were better off because of it. And I feel like we're always gonna have challenges and that difficult times they could define us, they could diminish us, or they could develop us. Mm -hmm. And ultimately the through line is we decide always. And so I feel like that who I wanna be that I'm working for every single day, putting in the work for is not only doing things to be, we all know what to do, right? And then, so I would say is, a lot of people feel burnt out or they're tired because they're doing too much. But I feel like we're it's because again we're doing too little—the things that light us up, that spark our fire. And what I would say is, for me, it's a revealing process, and that who I want to be 20 years from now is still the same core person, but with less of the the stuff. Because we're all on this journey in life, just like learning. Sometimes is messy. Yeah. You know, and so I want to. I think we have to clear. This noise and just really reveal who we truly are at a core, and I think a lot of us will come back to that place and find that that we're home. I don't want to get like too, like metaphysical about things, but I feel like you are who you are, and our decisions every single day, you know, lead us to that. And you know, in addition to waking up with your to-do list, wake up with the to-be list. And when you're going through crisis, don't ask yourself what I need to do at this moment. Ask who do I need to be at this moment. Maybe it's to be creative, be committed, yeah. be confident. And I feel like the, uh, the universe will make room for you for sure.
0: Dude, you are a blessing. I am Dude. so grateful for you. This interview has been uh, like, I, I mean, I, I, I could have like 25 pages of notes. Yeah. And I just want to say from all of everybody in my community, right? Obviously they're going to know where to follow you and they mm-hmm. absolutely should do that. Um, I just want to thank you. I just wanna thank you for moving through your issues and then being a voice of reason for so many people on the planet that get stuck okay. and 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 now see that there is a possibility, right? I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, before I got here and I said, hey man, like, what was your win this week? And he said, on Sunday, I did a 20 mile bike ride with a blind woman, right? She's in tandem with her partner. And she's like, Dan, like, tell me where Catalina is right now. And he's like, it's over your right shoulder. And he said, it was just that question from this woman who's by the way, former military, had a massive brain injury, went blind. And she said, he's like, why are you asking about Catalina? And he said, she said, because I'm going to paddle from like, you know, Santa Monica to Catalina next weekend. Amazing. And he was just like, dude, like, that's the world, like that's yeah. what's possible for people. And I, I tell that because you bring out that possibility in others, and for that I'm grateful.
1: I appreciate you. I started this conversation saying, appreciate what you do, but not only what you do, but the manner that you do it. And I also appreciate everyone who's listened all the way to the end here, because that says something yes. about them. I, feel, I, don't, I don't believe a lot in a lot of coincidences, but I feel like there's reasons that like attracts like, and that we're all on this path together. And our, really the nature of what we do is about transcending. Mm-hmm. it's about ending this trance transcend and this trance this mass hypnosis through marketing and media that says somehow we're broken that somehow that we're not enough you know through th- these lies and so i feel like who we are is so much more than sometimes what we're demonstrating yeah. because we buy into that same thing and that my my message to everybody is you know i was outside kind of meditating right before i came in um it's a beautiful day out and i was looking at this bird in this tree and i'm like wow and i'm I'm not really great with heights, but I'm like, if I was up there, I'd be really nervous and scared if I was up in that tree. And I realized that that bird, it's calm and it's confident, not because it places its trust in the tree branch, but because it places its trust in its own wings. Yep. And I'm here to say, everybody listening to this, you have wings. You know, and as entrepreneurs, sometimes we jump off and we have to build those wings on the way down, but um, nonetheless that they're there and uh, that we have greatness, and we have genius inside and... You know, now is the time to be able to let that out because the world needs it. Hundred percent.
0: All right, guys. Uh, there's just so much here. Yes, Share you. this with like 500 people. Oh, I, would, you I would challenge
1: everybody because yes. here's 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 what I would yeah, challenge please. people as your coach. I would challenge everybody right now to take because you have to take immediate action because mm-hmm. knowledge is not power; mm-hmm. it's potential power. Yes. I would take a screenshot of this episode or of this video, and I would post it. But the reason why you post it is because when you teach something, the ultimate accelerated learning technique is learn to teach. Because when you learn something, you you could write it down, you take notes, and you ask questions. But when you have to teach it, you have to know it even better. Yep. And when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Yeah. And so when you post it, the reason why is what I love to see is sharing just one nugget, just just one idea you got from this conversation mm-hmm. or one new action that you're gonna take because of it. And then tag Tom, tag me. Mine is at Jim quick, K W I K, as long as you spell it right. And I'll re actually repost some of my favorite favorites the also same. as well. I the same all because the time. I love I yep. believe that you need to be active because You know, 20th century education where we're sitting in class being lectured to, it's very passive. It's like, but the human brain doesn't learn through consumption. It learns through creation and creativity. So I would say create something, you know, new and own it so you can integrate it, take a screenshot, tag us both, and then post in the description your big aha. And uh, I want to know that.
0: Something around brain optimization, something about ants, something about super learning and Mm -hmm. memory, any one of those things. And by the way, again, I also agree when you share it, you're throwing that pebble into everybody else's pond and creating a positive ripple effect, right? Everybody needs these skills in this time, right? So I love that thought. So dude, I could, I could spend all day. Uh, I know we both both, both have other schedules. So thank you so much for everybody listening and watching. We love you. Thank you so much. Uh, Remember always your strategy matters. And now more than ever, your passion absolutely rules.